0: We can all breathe a sigh of relief. It's the weekend. It's Friday. Uh, The Olympics start today, although they sort of started two days ago with the women's football. That seemed a little bit unfair on the footballers to kind of start it before it's actually started. We will be talking about the Olympics today. So if you're an Olympophobe, is that a word? Yes, Uh, I think it is. If you're an Olympophobe, then, um, you know, it might not be the show for you say. Although we are asking, what are you going to be doing if you're not into the Olympics? And I'm, I, I know that some of you aren't. And we are celebrating the Olympics here. I'm genuinely quite excited about it. But if you're not, what are you doing to avoid the Olympics? Are you going out tonight? Have you rented a film? Are you just going to have a bottle of vodka and um, get trashed? What are you doing to avoid the Olympics tonight and for the next few weeks? You can text me that eight one three double three three cr. We're asking you to get your bells out. We didn't manage to find any bells. We could get, but get your bells out because at twelve minutes past eight, we are joining the nation. I'm I'm so surprised at how many people are doing this. It's in all of the papers. Uh, it's been on the news. Loads of people are doing this. At 12 minutes past eight, you are being urged to ring your bells, whether they be handbells, church bells, or indeed the doorbells. Uh, and we want to hear from you if you're going to be doing that. Oh, 08459 five, 455 double, 555. Double, uh, we will be finding out what's happening uh, around the area of the Olympics and talking about who might possibly be lighting the Olympic flame. I have the list of one, two, three, four, five, six most likely people who do you think should be lighting the Olympic flame? Any ideas? Any suggestions? 08459 455 555. Uh, you can call us about anything this morning, any of the things that we're talking about or any of the things that you think we should be talking about. You can, of course, text 81333, starting your text 3CR, or you can email 3cr at bbc.co.uk.
1: Call 08459
2: 455 555. 08459 455 555.
1: BBC
0: Three Counties Radio. Also, I think I've got a corn, but I don't know what a corn is. I need someone to call up and explain what it is and and set me straight. Now that's a cracking song, isn't it? You don't hear that song very often. I was playing that the other day on a uh, 45... That's uh, a seven-inch single to you uh, youngsters out there, to my little boy. What a what a cracking song! Who's going to light the Olympic flame this evening? That's the question on literally dozens of people's lips. The, the favourites are now Sir Roger Bannister, the first person to uh, run the uh, sub-four-minute mile, is is the favourite at the moment. I didn't know he was still alive. I thought I, I just assumed that he died. Like this is going to sound awful. But like in the 50s or something that's what i thought he's 83 years old and william hill have stopped taking bets on it being him so he's a possibility steve redgrave uh, yeah steve redgrave is um you know won dozens of medals in the commonwealth games and the olympics and stuff like that and he would be a worthy um person to uh, to light the olympic flame but I just find him a little bit boring. Just a little bit, um, you know, a little bit boring. Dame Kelly Holmes. She'd be good. I like Dame Kelly Holmes. She'd be a, a slightly left-field choice, I think. But I think she'd be excellent. Seb Co, No, thank you. No. I was always a steve Ovett man. Well, the, the great rivalry between the two, I was always uh, supporting steve Ovett. Daley Thompson, I think, was a favourite until he made a blunder on, um... Uh, the, the One Show. I made a, a sort of anti-Irish joke which they had to apologise for as they ridiculously do on The One Show. And David Beckham, but he's not an Olympian. The story I heard was that David Beckham was going to kick a flaming ball into the cauldron. That's what I heard, flaming ball into the cauldron. Um, Chris Hoy isn't even on the list of people that might be lighting Olympic flame. He's, he's not going to be doing it. But David Beckham, but he surely he should be an Olympian. Oh wait, four five nine, four double five, five double five, five, five. Pat in Hatton reaches. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Ian. Pat, who should but who should like the Olympic Cauldron? Um, I think
3: someone that really wants to be in this country and proud of it. And uh, you've got a, a lot what? of
0: candidates. David Beckham, yeah. Well, d- hang on a minute. You said somebody wants to be in this country. David Beckham lives in America.
3: Well, he's, he's in this co- Well, he's been a good ambassador for this country, hasn't he?
0: By, by not yeah. living here.
3: Well, probably, yeah. Yes, yeah. Right There we go. Right. <laughs> what have you called in for, Pax? Yeah, I've called in because I'm absolutely livid with the GB team. Really oh.
0: livid with them. Wow, livid at uh, 11 minutes past six in the morning. OK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, it makes your blood boil when you've got a captain who can't even be bothered to sing those... The national anthem in the Queen's Jubilee year.
0: This was, um, I, I forgot, do you know what, my mind has gone blank. What's his name, the Welsh R- lad. R- Yeah, I think that's probably what we should all be saying. What's his name? Ryan Giggs. Ryan Giggs. I wanted to say Ryan Reynolds, but of course he's an actor who yeah. <laughs> was the Green Lantern. It be, wasn't him.
3: We'd probably be more patriotic, but <laughs> I just think it's a disgrace that we have a GB team. We're all together in this. It's a nation. It's a national anthem. Yeah. I mean, the word says
0: national. National, yes.
3: It's an English anthem, or it's a Welsh, it's a Scottish, it's a national anthem, and I think that that person is not proud enough to wear that shirt, and it doesn't look like, well, a few of them are not proud to wear that shirt.
0: Wasn't there a Scottish lady as well uh, in one of the teams who refused to sing the national anthem? Maybe it was Team GB or something, but she's decided not to sing the national anthem. You can understand a Scot not singing the national anthem, because it's a little bit rude about them, isn't it?
3: Well, you know, I, I, I don't understand anyone not singing the national anthem in mean, Olympic year. Olympic year in this country means we all get together and we should be proud to serve, you know, proud to do what we're doing for GB, Great Britain.
0: It is. Don't, it, I, 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 I would agree with you. I, 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 I'm, you know, I, I, I do like the royal family. I'm not particularly a royalist. But I, I do think yeah. it's a little bit naughty for the captain of Team GB uh, when, the, you know, the world is watching him to not take part now is it because he was making a political statement pat or because he's a, a numpty and doesn't know the words
4: no i think
3: he's trying to score points rather than goals and i think mm. that's outrageous anyway let so just, I, I, I just believe that he should be dropped down. and i will not support that team and hang i don't what, care if they win or lose See, I he's, don't.
0: let me just write that down he was trying to score points not goals that's an excellent line we're having that pat the bbc is is commandeering <laughs> that line
3: you can have that, you can, can have that.
0: Can I go off on a tangent? And I'm sorry to yes. do this so early in the morning. Do you know what a corn is on, on your foot?
3: Um, well, I know it's, it can be painful. What do, <laughs> the thing is, I,
0: I want to know what it looks like. On my little toe on my right foot, right, I've got a lump that I can kind of move around and squidge around a bit. I know, look, the production team are disgusted that I'm bringing this up. Uh, and I wondered if that was a corn. Uh, it's probably a toe. Well, no, it's not the toe, Pat. I know what a toe is. <laughs> it's the long, long things at the end of the foot. No, this is like a little ball on the, on the side of my toe. And i well, c- I can
3: tell you now, I suggest you see a doctor, and you'll probably see one in four weeks' time. There we go,
0: Pat. Pat, Pat is furious. Thank you, Pat. Furious. It was interesting that, that Ryan Giggs... Uh, why was I going to say Ryan Reynolds? Because I've had three hours sleep. That's why I was going to say the man who played the Green Lantern. I was also the star of the Amityville Horror Remake. Uh, Ryan Giggs didn't sing the national anthem, and there were shots of him looking sternly ahead and not even pretending <laughs> Do you remember in the old days footballers used to they, they used to pretend to sing the national anthem. Hey, I'm old enough right to remember I remember being in the cinema as a kid and the film finishing and the national anthem playing. That's how old I am. Pat there thinks that Ryan Giggs should be dropped. From Team GB, what do you think? It's a bit harsh, isn't it, just to drop him for not singing the national anthem? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We're not even fifteen minutes into the show, and already I'm. Th- th- it's running at a pace I don't know if I can control. Should Ryan Giggs be dropped for not singing the national anthem? What's a corn? and what are you going to be doing to avoid the olympics i don't want to go all negative on the olympics because i think today we can go negative maybe next week at some point but today i think we should be celebrating a little bit even i grumpy old cynical old me has been caught up in this whole kind of you know excitement I think it's like when you go and see a a, a movie and and it makes you cry like Forrest Gump makes you cry because they are they are pushing buttons and it's sort of what they've done with the Olympics they are pushing buttons to make me get sucked into it and today I'm going to kind of go along with it so I don't want to be too grumpy about the Olympics today but if you're planning to avoid the opening ceremony and the whole however long the Olympics last a few weeks it lasts what are you going to be doing to avoid it are you going away uh, have you put the TV in the attic? Uh, what are you doing to avoid the Olympics? Because I know it's not for everybody. Oh eight four five nine 455 555. You can text as well. 81333. Start your text. 3CR.
1: Hearts and bugs news
0: BBC Three Counties Radio It's Friday the 27th of July these are the headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio After 7 years of preparations the stage is set in London for the opening of the 2012 Olympics At 12 minutes past 8 this morning bells all across the country will be rung for 3 minutes as part of the cultural olympiad Train services on the Thameslink line are back to normal this morning after yesterday's major disruption caused by cable theft 500 metres of cable were taken from the track north of Flittick, leading to calls for changes to the law surrounding scrap metal. In sport, Great Britain's men drew one-all with Senegal at Old Trafford in their opening match in the Olympic football. There'll be a full weather bulletin in a few minutes with Chris Bell. And coming up, if you've been living under a rock for the last year, you may not know that tonight the Olympics officially begins with the opening ceremony. We'll find out more next. Mm. Danny Thompson only won the gold twice. I say only won the gold twice. (laughs) Like there's ever any chance I'm ever going to win a gold. Well, you don't know. You don't know. Maybe they might bring in a, 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 an Olympic event for lanky has-beens. I don't know. It's a possibility, in which case I'm there. Uh, but he only won it twice in 1980 and 1984. He was huge, Daley Thompson, in the 80s. Uh, and he also had, what was the name of the game that was uh, the computer game he, was, uh, he had out? Daley Thompson's Decathlon, of course, which broke lots of keyboards because you had to press the buttons really fast to make him do the long jump and then get the angle. Absolutely right. Uh, we 're talking about who should be lighting the Olympic flame tonight I, I, David be- I would love to see David Beckham lighting the Olympic flame by kicking a flaming football. That would be awesome okay there 's no denying it would look great. It would also be slightly irrelevant because he 's not an Olympian, so it doesn 't quite make sense. Sebko I bet Sebko is chomping at the bit to do it, but he knows that if he does do it, it will look a little bit egocentric. Dave kelly holmes i think she'd be i think she'd be good but you know it's a cheat as well when they light the olympic cauldron you know it's a cheat because there was one a few years ago where it was an archer with a flaming arrow it was as if it's beijing it might have been the one before they had a flaming arrow and he fl- fired the arrow into the cauldron and that lit the cauldron it, that's not how he did it because they showed a camera angle from the side and the flaming arrow just went over the top went miles away and basically someone's just you know got a packet of matches and they just light it there so just make sure nothing goes wrong so that's how they do it i don't want to ruin the magic for you but that's how they do it. Uh, 08459 455 555. Let's get the latest weather now with Chris Bell. Beds, hearts and bugs weather.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Chris. What have
5: you got for us, please? Yeah, well, not too bad today, I don't think. And that's it for your weather.
0: Chris, this is the first time that we've done um, th- th- this show together. And uh, I have to say, I hope we get more thunder. Because the way you say the word thunder, <laughs> it sounds fantastic. Is that a Texan accent? It is a
6: Texan accent, yeah. Did yeah, you know did. that already? or did you? No, I, that, kind of,
0: I kind of have picked it up and okay. just the, the way you deliver the word thunder is marvelous <laughs> let's let's hope there's going to be some more thunder as throughout the show well,
5: it's my favorite weather so i'll try to find some <laughs>
0: <laughs> chris thank you very much chris is going to hunt down weather for uh, thunder for us later on oh the next time he's on as well we'll ask him if he can come back at 12 minutes past eight 12 minutes past eight uh we are going to be ringing bells all over the country so if you've got a bell or if your name is bell you can phone up and be part of the fun i say fun cynthia in high wickham is a furious with pat and myself she sent a very short but uh, firm text leave gigs alone they shouldn't be made to sing the anthem well maybe they should be made to sing the anthem cynthia because it's the olympics it's teen gb but billions of people are watching them maybe they should 81333 start your text 3cr it's the olympics If you are avoiding the Olympics, do let me know what you're doing to avoid it. I'm I'm looking forward to it now, and and, and they're getting underway officially tonight. And the opening ceremony promises to be spectacular. My next-door neighbour went to it. She won't tell me anything. She confirmed what I'd heard about the Mary Poppins, that's all I'm saying. But she won't tell me anything. But apparently it's amazing. Details are being kept under wraps, although thousands of people, including my next door neighbour, have seen official rehearsals. Before that, at uh, eight, uh, 12 minutes past eight, bells all across the country will be rung for three minutes as part of the Cultural Olympiad. Anyone can join in uh, as long as you've got a bell. Let's talk to uh, our Olympics and now our bell correspondent, Jane Prendergast. Good morning, Jane. Good morning. Tell us about the mass bell ringing. What is this all about?
7: Well, this is the idea of the artist and musician Martin Creed. It was part of the cultural Olympiad that bells should be rung as quickly and loudly as possible for three minutes at precisely 12 minutes past eight this morning. So, of course, this covers everyone from enthusiastic children with handbells, bicycle bells, doorbells, uh, to experienced uh, tower bell ringers uh, and churches across the country. And, of course, the biggest bell of all, Big Ben, Um, That's going to be taking part as well. It will chime 40 times during that three-minute period. And I think organisers are hoping it's going to set a world record for the largest number of bells rung simultaneously.
0: We couldn't find any bells, Jane. Did you manage (laughs) to get any?
7: <laughs> no, I'm now oh. sitting here, looking around the studio, thinking I might be able to find a bell tone on my phone. Oh, that is my that is my latest thought. That's that an excellent
0: idea. About. I'm going to yes, okay. we'll have the bell tone on our phones. Thank you, Jane. Genius. Uh, tonight's the opening ceremony. Uh, the world's best kept secret. It's, it's been yeah. kept pretty well, hasn't it? There's been a few leaks.
7: Well, I can't believe you haven't managed to get the details out of your neighbour yet. I was banking on some she won't tell more. me anything. I went into the Olympic Stadium yesterday evening Mm. when they were rehearsing. Um, I saw a lot of hay bales and a lot of grass and uh, some uh, cottage-like buildings. <laughs> of course, a cottage-like building. Oh, <laughs> yes, cottage-like. This all plays into the idea. We know that it's going to be um, Isles of Wonder. We know there is going to be um, a British countryside opening scene for green and pleasant, which includes real farmyard animals. So that all tied up with that. We also had some clips released yesterday, which showed uh, mass dancing, lots of people in lycra dancing to tiger feet and uh, people on bikes with wings so uh, certainly an eclectic mix of ideas people I know who've seen it have said that it moves very quickly it's very fast paced um, it's very entertaining and uh, that, well the quotes I've heard that Danny Boyle has pulled it off so oh. the rest of us are going to have to wait to see tonight whether that's true and of course it will also give us a chance to see the 10,000 athletes who are going to take part in the games because of course they will be parading around the stadium as well
0: yeah for forget- get those guys i want to see david beckham like the the olympic flame <laughs> with a flaming football is that
7: what's going to happen no well that's one of the big rumors isn't it we've heard a number of rumors about people being parachuted in and then that one about the, the football as well of course david beckham has said that he is playing a role in the opening ceremony But um, I think he was suggesting it's not quite as big as that, but who knows?
0: Jane, thank you very much. That's uh, Jane Prendergast, who is uh, now the official bell correspondent for BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, there's a title you don't hear very often. The bell tone on the phone. That's exactly what we're going to be doing at 12 minutes past eight. If you want to take part in that, you can give us a call. 08459 455 555. And what are you doing to avoid the Olympics? How are you going to hide from it? I do like a bit of Marvin Gaye. My wife was very surprised when in my car, uh, on my iPod, uh, on shuffle, Marvin Gaye came up. She went, What's, what, what you got this for? This is Marvin Gaye, he's brilliant. She went, what? You don't like Marvin Gaye. He's brilliant. A little bit of sexual healing. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> Trouble news, that sounded horrible, sorry.
1: Call 08459 455 555
0: 08459 455 555 BBC Three Counties Radio Coming up, we'll be getting more Olympic memories uh, and also your phone calls. How are you avoiding the Olympics? Who should light the Olympic flame, and I know it's not the nice thing you want to hear at 25 minutes to 7, but what is a corn? I think I've got one, but I'm not 100% sure. I've got a lump on my toe. Should I be worried? I might show the production team in a minute. I think they're keen to have a look at it and uh, prod it. 08459 455 555. Switch after this. On Twitter, Gemma has said that yes, Giggs is from Great Britain, and when playing for them, he should sing the anthem. What do you think? Does it really matter? I know Jonathan was talking about the National Anthem yesterday and how most people don't even know the words. It was a very funny show yesterday with Jonathan. He had um, lots of people phoning up singing the National Anthem. Very, very funny show. Uh, should Ryan Giggs have sung uh, it? We had Pat calling in, who was, was furious um, that the National anth- Anthem wasn't sung by Ryan Giggs. He was furious about it at quarter past six in the morning. Oh, wait, four, five, nine. Four double five, five double five. Now, after seven years of uh, waiting, the 2012 Olympic opening ceremony will launch the start of the 2012 Games tonight. In the run-up to the Olympics, we've been hearing your memories of the last time Britain hosted the Games in 1948. Bob Longhurst from Bovingdon near Hemel Hempstead has been talking to our reporter Jenna Benson about how he watched the cycling and long-distance running as a young lad of 16 in 1948.
8: I was fortunate to be able to get tickets for the Athletics at Wembley. A high point of my sporting life, there is no doubt about that, in that it's like Wimbledon final, football, World Cup final, all rolled into one. Excitement very high.
7: And also at the time you were 16 years old and a very keen cyclist.
8: Correct, absolutely. I only did five uh, time trial races. I went with my mother after the Olympic Games to see the film of the Olympics and part of that was a little bit about the Olympic marathon and then I said to my mother that's what I'm going to be, I'm going to be a marathon runner. So I went home, sold my bikes, and that's what I did. Like uh, most um, Brits, we were keen to see Reg Harris win the professional sprint title, but unfortunately he did not win, so we were somewhat disappointed in that.
7: And was that cycling?
8: That was cycling. On the track at Wembley... The uh, probably the most exciting bit was seeing Emil Zatopek win the 5,000 metres final because he went on to Helsinki and he won the 5,000 metres, the 10,000 metres and the marathon all at the same games and that will never ever be done again. And what
7: was the atmosphere like in the stadiums? It, it must have been pretty electric.
8: Everybody was incredibly excited. The, the whole thing was um, quite uh, quite amazing. Um, I can't. It's difficult to describe uh, the atmosphere. It's very. Um, I suppose it's not quite like the Jubilee, but <laughs> nonetheless, very exciting.
7: So the Olympics as a whole going down to London being a part of the the atmosphere, the excitement. I mean, for people who are, are looking forward to the Olympics here in 2012, how do you think that's going to compare?
8: It's obviously a lot more, I suppose, exciting in that in 1948, of course, countries were recovering from the war and the austerity thing was, uh, of course... Prevalent, but this year, 2012, the whole um, situation is going to be very, very big, very exciting, very electric. I think there's that, that's the best way I can put it. One of our daughters has got tickets for the same session as the 10,000 metres final this year, which I'm looking forward to very much.
7: So, you're going to see it again this year?
0: Absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, Let's go through some of the front pages of the newspapers. I don't have them all this morning. I don't have them all this morning, and that's absolutely fine. We're just going to have a look at the ones that we've got, and we'll fill in the gaps later on as the show progresses. Uh, It's all about the Olympics, as you'd imagine. The Daily Mail. Greatest show on Earth begins. And there's a picture of Florence Rowe, who's 81, who saw the Olympics in uh, 1948, and she's outside 10 Downing Street, um with the the camerons behind who've got a very kind of the, the fixed smile on their face but everyone's going bonkers and you can see this huge burly security guard ready ready to pull a child if, if the child is getting in the way going to pull them out and, and throw them up to the ground i'm sure they won't do that at all of course the daily mirror ring it on kate and wills kick off big party usain i'll run the fastest ever to get the £9.2 billion, the security staff shambles, the traffic jams, the ticket fiascos, the crowded trains, the sponsorship rows, the rain, the heat, the dodgy banners, the wrong flag, and even leaving out Bex. The greatest show on earth starts in Britain today, and it's going to be truly amazing. I'm quite looking forward to seeing the opening ceremony tonight. Although it goes on to, the, to the midnight, I think, and I've got a little boy. I've had three hours sleep last night. I've got a little boy. I'm going to be tired. I might sky plus it and, and fast-forward through the dull bits. There will be some bits that will be a little bit dull. And I might fast forward through those the guardian time to f- what time to find out who we are well there 's a front page picture of um, Joanna Lumley and uh, Jennifer Saunders in their hilarious, absolutely fabulous characters holding the uh, the torch uh, and Jonathan Friedland has written a piece "The Countdown Clock that once measured in years is now down to hours, minutes, and seconds." Tonight in a stadium built in an area once deemed an urban wasteland, the flame that has journeyed from Athens to every corner of these islands will light the fire that launches the London Olympics of 2012. Very worthy and wordy. Uh, The Telegraph get the party started everyone's is, is being very positive about it in the papers if you're not i'm really keen to hear if you're sick and tired of the olympics and there will be some of you i heard some of you on uh, radio five live uh, yesterday talking about how you oh god the olympics you're bored of it you can't be bothered with it uh, do let me know i, I don't want to go all negative today i'm i'm kind of i think t- today of all days let's let's try and keep our chins and our thumbs up uh, maybe next week we'll, we'll do, uh, you know, we can be a little bit more picky. But today, let's try and be a bit celebratory. But, if you are avoiding the Olympics, can you let me know what you're doing? How you're going to do it? Are you going away? Have you booked a holiday? Have you got a load of DVDs in? Have you unplugged the TV? Oh, 08459 455 five, 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 uh, And the Independent Next stop Stratford Journey's end for Olympic Torch Now for the fireworks And there's a picture of uh, someone uh, Holding the, the flame above an open Topped London bus oh, 08459 455 double five, 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 five
1: Beds, Hearts and Bugs
0: News BBC Three Counties Radio It's Friday the 27th of July These are your headlines this morning On BBC Three Counties Radio After seven years of preparations, the stage is set in London for the opening of the 2012 Olympics. At 12 minutes past eight this morning, bells all across the country will be rung for three minutes as part of the Cultural Olympiad. Train services on the Thameslink line are back to normal this morning after yesterday's major disruption caused by cable theft. 500 metres of cable were taken from the track north of Flissick, leading to calls for changes to the law surrounding scrap metal. In sport, Great Britain's men drew one all with Senegal at Old Trafford in their opening match in the Olympic football. And your weather across beds, hearts and bucks. Some sunny spells, but more cloud than of late, with the chance of a few showers for a time, perhaps with an odd uh, heavier one across Hertfordshire this afternoon. Top temperature 24's, uh, 24 degrees Celsius. Coming up yesterday, train services across the three counties were hugely disrupted because of cable theft. We'll catch up with First Capital Connect to see if today's services will also be affected. Does anyone else feel uncomfortable listening to that trail? I like Nick Nick Coffer. He's a a gentleman in the truest sense of the word. And I've been on one of those Bucking Broncos, and they are horrible. There's no no fun... The only fun in that is watching your mate on it. Actually going on a Bucking Bronco is, is not pleasant. And hearing Nick... He, be brave and getting on it and doing it and also having to broadcast at the same time it's not it's not a pleasant listen uh Kate Robbins is in for uh Nick Coffer this week and she's doing a, a mighty fine job so you might want to listen to her uh, at, at midday we're still trying to find out who you think should be lighting the Olympic flame uh this evening Roger Bannister is the hot favourite uh, I'm surprised, I, I, and I hate to say this. This is my lazy head. I'm surprised. I was surprised to find out he was still alive. I know there's a no reason he shouldn't be. He's, he's 83 years old. and he's, he's fighting fit. Can he still run a run a sub four minute mile? Maybe we'll find that out. Steve Redgrave is um, is pretty high on the list of of potentials. Dame Kelly Holmes. I'd like I'd like Kelly Holmes to do it. I don't know if she's a big enough star in the world. Two time gold medalist. Uh, Seb Co. No. No, I, I bet he he really is desperate to do it, but he knows how uh, egotistical it would look if he demanded. look Listen, I sorted it out, guys. so I am going to light the flame. Okay, all right. No, no, no. I sorted it out. I am going to light the flame. Okay, it's me. Seb, really? No, no, no it's going to be me. Daley Thompson. Uh, he's, he was huge in the eighties, but I, I don't know. David Beckham. I would I would love to see David Beckham light it by kicking uh, a flaming football, but I don't think it's going to happen. He's not. He's not an Olympiad Olympian. Isn't, it's not going to happen, is it? 08459 oh, five, 455 double 555 double 813 Start your text. 3CR. Disruption to the Thameslink service between Bedford and Luton due to cable theft continued all of yesterday into the evening. Network Rail are calling for Parliament to pass a bill which could lead to stricter regulation of the scrap metal trade. Larry Heyman from First Capital Connect joins us now. Good morning, Larry. Hello, good morning. Is it all back to normal now?
9: I'm very pleased to say it is, and uh, I'd like to start by apologising to all the passengers who had such a dreadful day yesterday trying to get uh, to and from uh, work or wherever else they were going. It was bad, and uh, we worked as hard as we could to uh, make things better, but we had so many trains trapped in the sidings at Bedford that uh, we were really short of rolling stock.
0: When did it um, get sorted out? What time was it, was it all finished yesterday?
9: Um, Network Rail managed to complete the repairs by about half past six yesterday evening. Mm. But by then, as you can imagine, all our rolling stock and drivers were very much out of position. So um, I, what I can tell you is by around about uh, nine o'clock yesterday evening, things were pretty close to normal but um, thank goodness we've got a normal service running this morning.
0: Larry, what what took so long? Because we were speaking to a chap yesterday uh, from First Capital Connect, and he said sort of, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, it would, all, it would all be sorted out. Why did it drag on so long? Uh, that was the
9: original estimate, you're absolutely right. Unfortunately, um, Network Rail found, when uh, they reconnected the uh, uh, cables that uh, they'd initially found damaged, that a lot more had been stolen. Um, and it wasn't until they were able to... Um, Uh, uh, test the circuits that they found that there was more cable missing. In fact, nearly one kilometre of cable was stolen yesterday.
0: How much would people get for that? Have you got any idea what that's worth? It it seems incredible to to put that much effort into stealing cable.
9: I know, it would have weighed about a tonne. so They would have had to have some serious truck to remove it. And uh, you can imagine um, it would have had to be rolled as well. Otherwise, uh, it would have been completely immovable. Are
0: you doing? So, what are you doing to ensure that this doesn't happen again during the Games? Because this would be a nightmare, wouldn't it, if it happened in the next few weeks?
9: Well, it would. And uh, Network Rail are doing an awful lot of patrols along the route. Uh, on the Tensling route, in fact, we run... 24 hours a day, six days a week it's only Saturday night into Sunday morning that there's a break of about five hours Um, and uh, what we're also asking is that anybody who sees anything suspicious particularly um, larger vehicles, uh, vans and trucks uh, moving through the countryside near to the railway line um, please do make a call to the police and let them know. It may be that it's perfectly innocent but on the other hand it could be somebody trying to make a quick few quid.
0: You're uh, all very quick to to kind of sort things out with buses and stuff yesterday. It it does does sound like a logistical nightmare. You had to get buses in from Wales to
9: help out, did you? Well, we did initially, yes. So many of the buses in the, um, if you like, Home Counties area are now um, uh, doing contracts for the Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we really struggled. I have to say, at the other end of the day, it became a little bit easier. We were able to find assistance from more local operators. Uh, but, uh, yes, we, we had people coming up the M4 yesterday.
0: Oh, mm, my goodness. Larry, listen, I'm glad it's all back to normal. Thanks very much for keeping us in touch. Uh, and thank you for coming on uh, yesterday. I know we had a uh, spokesman from First Capital Connect on the show yesterday who was keeping us uh, informed as these things progress. That's Larry Heyman from First Capital Connect. If it affected you yesterday, I'd be keen to hear... Um, Your thoughts, how you got around it. Uh, And what can you do to stop these people stealing the cable? There's not really a lot you can do, is there? Apart from having someone, you know, positioned every hundred yards on the track, there's nothing you can do. 08-459-455-555. Oh, I like this. Simon and Garfunkel, yes please. I'm sorry to keep banging on about my manky feet. Could be a bunion now. I don't know what these things are. I know it's not a veruca. I've had that. Oh no, I know, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, I have. Having a veruca. This is horrible. I know, if you're having your breakfast, I can only apologize. I've only got one more week, don't worry. Having a veruca frozen off is the most painful thing in the world. There's nothing more. No, no, no there's nothing more painful than that. It's the most. Frozen off with that. Oh man! It's awful! You know, the, break my kneecaps rather than do that. It's just so painful. I know it's not that. It's on the side. It's like a sort of little sack on the side of my toe. It's only little. I can feel it in, when I'm wearing my Converse, which I'm wearing now. I can feel it, and it's a little bit uncomfortable. So, what is it? I'm uh, listen. I'm guessing that there are people listening to this show who have had similar foot. Conditions and it is a medical condition, uh, but I don't know what it is. And I don't want to go to the doctor and say, what's this? Because it's not, you know, disabling me. It's not inhibiting my life in any way, apart from it's a little bit comfortable. And when I'm bored, I can push it around. Yeah, I know. I can actually do that. But I don't know what it is. So I'm going to describe it in detail, and I'd like you to call in and let me know what it is. If you're eating your breakfast, you might want to, you know, to another room so it's on my little toe on my right foot it's like a little sort of ball or a little sack on the side of it and i can sort of push it around a bit i'll show you later on uh what is it oh wait four five nine four double five five double five there's the telephone number uh and uh, what are you doing to avoid the olympics we are going on about it all, all day here at uh, bbc three counties we'll be talking about it and uh, t- today i think we should be celebratory and i think we should be embracing the olympics Maybe next week, you know, if if, if more things go wrong or, you know, it it turns out to be a a little bit dull and limp. Maybe then we can kind of be a bit harsher uh, in terms of criticising it. But I think today we should embrace it. But I do want to know, if you're not looking forward to the Olympics, what are you doing to avoid it? Are you going away? Are you switching off the TV? Have you just got a load of booze and films in? oh wait four five nine four double five five double five and Ryan Giggs did not sing the national anthem last night despite being the captain of team GB is this outrageous should he have been forced to sing it should he be made to sing the national anthem for the rest of the matches that that team plays should he be dropped or you know does it not really matter at all oh wait four five nine four double five five double five <laughs> Coming up in the next hour, Justin Dealey has been to Luton Airport to greet people as they arrive for the Olympics. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Justin's the first thing you see. We'll find out what he found out after the latest news and sport with Simon Oxley. (music) Thank you, Simon. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Your breakfast show here until 9 o'clock. Good morning. It's an Olympic-themed show. But don't worry, if you're not a fan of the Olympics, we have got other bits and pieces, don't worry. And I'm keen to speak to you. If you're not excited about the Olympics, if in fact you are dreading it, could you give me a call and let me know how you're going to avoid it? Because for the next few weeks, it's going to be everywhere. It's on the TV, it's on the radio, it's on the front pages of all of the newspapers. And even though <laughs> even though some things have gone wrong, like the, the security and the, the, the Korean flag... You know, I got a bit annoyed with Mitt Romney you know the American presidential candidate when he came over and started slagging us off and I was laughing at this last week with the whole G4S thing but listen Romney don't come over here and start knocking us alright I got all a bit defensive go, well actually G4S aren't that bad and the Korean flag thing it could have happened to anyone don't come over here saying that we can't do an Olympics Mr Romney how dare you anyway sorry going off on a tangent if you're not looking forward to the Olympics how are you avoiding it Who should be lighting the Olympic flame? And lots more other stuff, including speaking to Justin Dealey in just a few moments' time and finding out what's been happening at Luton Airport. Call 08459 455
1: 555. 08459
10: 455 555.
0: BBC Three Counties Radio. Don't come over here, Mitt Romney, with your made-up first name and start knocking us. Saying, we can't do the Olympics. How rude. He backtracked very quickly, didn't he? backtracked very quickly. It's been a busy few days at Luton Airport. Thousands of people have flown in for the Olympic Games, including some of the Olympic VIPs. Our reporter Justin Dealey has been meeting some of those arriving in Bedfordshire. Jonathan, you're from
6: Costa Rica. Uh, You're here in Luton right now. You're going to the opening ceremony. How great is that? I am totally amazed and actually I am waiting that day. Uh, We bought the ticket last year, on March I guess, and we have been counting the days down. So that's amazing. We are waiting to sort of the olympic experience here in london absolutely so after the opening ceremony what do you plan to watch then? what have you got tickets for uh we have for some events like athletics i thought um, swimming volleyball beach and uh, normal volleyball too you got tickets for everything yeah we have seven events so that's great and also we will do some tourist uh, tours around london so we go to some specific areas so that's great we'll be here for a week just how excited do you feel right now? Uh, I don't know. I feel balls in my stomach, so everything is fine. I don't know. We are waiting to be on a hotel and start this experience that is totally new for us. Wow, what an experience. Have a fantastic time. Thank you so much. All the very best. Thank you. Now, Nico, you're
5: here at Lucen. You've got a very, very special job for the Olympics 2012. Tell us what your job is going to be over the next few weeks.
11: Well, the next few weeks, I'll be the food and beverage manager from the Holland Heineken House, serving food for at least... Royal family, uh, fans, everybody. I mean, you couldn't make this up. It must be your dream job, surely. Yes, it's my dream job. But it's the third time. I've been in Beijing, I've been in Vancouver for the same job. So, it's, London is a great celebration. The biggest house ever.
12: <laughs> and
5: I'm
11: sure it's uh, very orange in that house. Am I correct in saying that? Yes, it's all orange. You can see it from London downtown. Big on the hill, the Alley holland House is all orange.
5: And what are you looking forward to most about the games? Is there one sport in particular that, that
11: you can't wait to watch, if you get time to watch, of course? For Holland, it is, uh, hockey is uh, the game where you're going to have uh, medals, for sure. I like a bit of hockey. It's a
0: good game to watch because it's a little bit aggressive, a bit nasty, a bit dirty, but also quite skillful. Justin uh, also spoke to Vita. He arrived in Luton yesterday morning and Vita was a man on a mission.
13: I've come from Brazil for the Olympic Games and I would really like to go to a football game today of Brazil against Egypt in Cardiff. But I still don't have tickets yet.
5: (laughs) You're taking a chance. It's now, what, 9.15 in the morning. The game's this evening. Do you think you might make it? I think so. I hope so. (laughs) I mean, you're a brave man coming all the way to the UK from Brazil without a ticket, aren't you?
13: Yeah. Yeah, even if I can't see this game today, any, any game on the Olympic Games, I think I will be able to see. And you certainly seem very passionate about the Olympics. What excites you about the Olympics so much? Oh, I've always loved sports for all my life. I practice sports, I watch them on TV all the time. And the Olympics is the biggest competition in the world so i love it the best people are here I yeah, don't be disappointed but the girls in this country when they wear bikinis and... oh but it's okay the girls here are pretty as well i've noticed <laughs> <laughs>
0: We can go live now to Justin Daly at Luton Airport. Justin, what was that? What were you saying about the British girls? It's, 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 it's not, you know, not, not too bad. You know, I'm just
5: saying it's, 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 like, it's like us going to Spain. Yeah. And somebody's saying, welcome to Spain. By the way, the tea here, not quite as great as it is <laughs> back in your own country. Hang on, hang on. It's all about the skimpiness
0: of the bikini. <laughs> you a a second. It's a warning. Justin Dealey, mm. you're knocking the British... We've got people coming from all over the world, and you're knocking the British women. No, not at all, not at all. Oh 459 five, <laughs> 455 double 555 double women Come on, have your say against Mr Dealey I'm Daly just here. saying, the, the, the bikinis in Brazil, uh, Um, th- th- there's not that much of them, let's just say, compared to the ones in this country. Justin, moving swiftly on before mm. we both lose our jobs, what is going on there at the moment at the airport? Uh,
5: lots going on. Jealous on two fronts, really, and actually because uh, you've got the people, of course, going out of Luton Airport today. Uh, they're going somewhere glamorous, and the people coming... coming... Coming in for the Olympics with their tickets now, Ian. Have you ever heard of Team London Ambassadors? I'm sure you have. The team? No, what's that? I I don't know that. What it is? uh, Team London Ambassadors. They have 43 pods across London and just outside London as well. Now, to you and I, that's an information point. So, uh, these people, they are all volunteers. Eight thousand volunteers in total, and they help answer any questions Uh which people may have during the Olympics and the Paralympics in London. They're aged between four and 85 and they speak over 90 languages. Oh, blimey. Yes. And uh, Marcin O'Hara. Marcin is from Milson Keynes. Uh, he is one of these volunteers. He is the location manager for Luton Airports Pod. Marcin, welcome to the programme. You're giving up, what, 18 days of time here free of
14: charge. So what made you want to do this in the first place? Obviously, I, like most people, want to get involved somehow in the Olympics and being unable to make it through as a competitor, this was the nearest thing I was able to do. So I just wanted to be able to say for this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity of having the Olympics in the UK that I had my very small part there. In the Olympics. And we've heard some of the stories there
5: people like Vitar coming into the country he was on a mission yesterday uh, also the man who's going to the ceremony this evening. But it's not just spectators VIPs have actually come through here at lucen Airport haven't they?
14: Yeah that's correct. Some of the teams, the big teams like the American basketball team came through the private uh, facilities but on Tuesday we did see the uh, Slovenian swimming and cycling team came through, a big group of uh, 28 of them and they all posed for photographs and the Togan... Uh, canoeist came through a few days ago as well so we've seen a few but most of them seem to be coming through uh, the uh, heathrow airport
5: boris johnson says that you're all trained to be extroverts and uh, you hear a course to answer any question what's the number one question so far
14: here at luton airport Well, the main question has been, where's the nearest toilets? But after (laughs) that question, most people are trying to get into London. Some people believe they've already arrived in London, of course, because the airport's called London Luton. But most of the people are trying to find out the best way or the lowest cost way, so we have to direct them to the bus services or the train services that get into London, and then also how to get to their specific game. So if they're going to the beach volleyball, that's at uh, Horse Guards Parade, etc.,
5: so you're going to be here throughout the whole of the Olympics and Paralympics. A uh, big talking point on the show this morning. Who should light the flame this evening? What do you think, Martin?
14: Personally, I think it should be Sir Steve Redgrave. He's the, our greatest Olympian. It is the Olympic Games, so all the other—I mean, all the other people are justified as far as their sporting pedigree are concerned. But for the Olympics, it has to be, in my opinion, a, a major Olympian, and so Sir Steve is the obvious choice for me.
5: You guys are doing a fantastic job here. Just lastly, very briefly on this, um, Ian back in the studio has taken a dislike to my chest hair. I don't know why. Uh, Another mild day today. I've got my uh, chest open right now. Now, if chest hair was an Olympic sport
14: gold, silver or bronze for me? What do you think? Take a look. I'm afraid I think it would only be bronze. <coughs> the Bra- Brazilian I'm sure had much better chest hair and we saw a Mexican I- only this morning who had a density which you would not believe. Oh, thank you.
5: Uh, there you go. Martin <laughs> O'Hara, location manager for Lucent's Pod here. Wow. And he's going to be here throughout the Olympics. Uh, 18 days of his time he's giving up but he wants to do it. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm not taking
0: anything against this. We've got up to a very bad start this morning Justin. <laughs> I've got nothing against your chest hair. I just don't need to see so much of it every day. You've got buttons on that shirt, why don't you use them?
5: Well, you, you and you, I thought I'd make you feel part of the team. <laughs> uh, you know, just just go about my business like, like I normally do, but clearly you've taken a dislike to that, and uh, I'll change for Monday, OK?
0: You've, you've welcomed me with open arms and open shirts, Justin, and, and for that I can only be grateful. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, the excellent stuff as always. I'm a big fan of Justin's. I think he does a cracking job, and we send him to some... Well, he's, he's got quite a good location today, Luton Airport, but we do send him to some pretty ropey places. Let's make sure he goes to some ropey ones next week, shall we? Uh, we we are asking who should be lighting the Olympic flame. Uh, you heard there the young man saying, uh, suggesting Steve Redgrave. It would make sense. He is Britain's most successful Olympian. I, I, I suggest he's not, and I don't mean this rudely. There's no way of saying that without being rude. In the great scheme of things, compared to some of the other characters and personalities, he could be perceived as being perhaps a little bit dull. There, I think I've said that in a diplomatic way. And how would he do it? You know, d- d- normally it doesn't it's kind of linked to their sport. So how is he going to row a flame up there? 08459 oh, 455 double five five double five. Beds,
1: hearts, and bugs. News.
15: BBC
0: Three Counties Radio. Six uh, seven fifteen. Oh, nearly. on Friday, the 27th of July, and these are the headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. After seven years of preparations, the stage is set in London for the opening of the 2012 Olympics. At 12 minutes past eight this morning, bells all across the country will be rung for three minutes as part of the Cultural Olympiad. Train services on the Thameslink line are back to normal this morning after yesterday's major disruption caused by cable theft. 500 metres of cable were taken from the track north of Flittic, leading to calls for changes to the law surrounding. Scrap metal. In sport, Great Britain's men drew one all with Senegal at Old Trafford in their opening match in the Olympic football. We'll have a full sports bulletin in 15 minutes. Weather soon with Chris Bell. And in an hour's time, we want you, dear listener, to call up and ring a bell down the phone. I know. Everyone else across the country will be doing it, so we want to join in. It's to celebrate the start of the Olympic Games. Always uh, worth a listen. We were talking earlier on about the uh, disruption on the trains yesterday after cable was stolen. Uh, some of you have called in about that. Wurzel in Wendover. Wurzel, what have you got for us?
16: Um, when I used to work for Chilton Railways back seven or eight years ago, yes. alongside the tracks on all railways, there's like a concrete trough with a lid on it. Nice.
0: And if I lift a section of that out. Was it? Was it? Was it? You're not going to tell people how to commit a crime, are you?
16: No, I'm not telling okay. you how so we to. Don't to give,
0: we don't want to give these people I, any ideas. I'm
16: merely telling you yes.
0: how it's done. Well, no, well <laughs> that's what I ask. <laughs> don't tell people how it's done, because there are people listening who might not know how it's done, and they might hear you and go, oh, hang on, yeah, if it's that easy, I'll go and do it. What you're saying is, without going into detail, is it's perhaps a little bit easier to steal this cable uh, than it should be.
16: Absolutely. And the trouble is, with scrap metal, the price it is now, that makes it even more open. Well, how much are they going to get for a bit of cable, though? It can't be that much, can it? I don't know what copper cable is at the moment, but it was out of the price back when I worked for the railway, back six years
0: ago. Is it not dangerous to steal cables from a train track, Wurzel? I was that always told don't dangerous. go anywhere near them. It's very dangerous. The trouble is, nowadays,
16: people are so short of money people are taking risk. And the other problem you've got... Yes. ...things are so sophisticated now, and you've got vehicles and that will go across fields, that makes it even more difficult for the railway operators.
0: Mm. Is there anything that they can do, Wurzel, to increase security on these lines?
16: Other than running trains, sort of periodically
0: during the night and keeping
16: the night open,
0: not a lot. Oh, that's not... That's not a bad idea, having, like, a sort of police train... A security train going up and down. That is what you
16: really need. uh, I don't know whether you know the Chilton Railways, but they've got, like, a bubble car, a single carriage. Yeah. And if they run something like that, which wouldn't cost a lot...
0: And you could have some people on there with with tasers. Well, either tasers or
16: a floodlight each side of the Mm. the, um, carriage. Yeah. So it's on the track,
0: and people could... Whoever's inside could watch, see what was happening. Well, that's not a ridiculous suggestion. Having a train going up and down with flashlights and tasers. Fred's in Luton. Fred, what do you reckon? Well, uh, the was was talking of making it more dangerous
4: for them, how about the boffins getting together yeah. and finding some means of putting a flipping charge through those cables? Well, well won't that make it dangerous for the... So and so's
0: I nearly said it, but don't don't, don't <laughs> just uh, say it curb your language. I know we're upset about it, let's curb our language. So Fred, hang on, you want to, to the Boffins to, to put a charge in the cable yeah. so that if the thieves try and take it, they get zapped. And what would how strong would the zap be? Just enough to make it woof. Goodbye. Well, kill them.
4: Well, didn't they be? Yes. <laughs> co- they, 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 they're
0: putting the lives of travellers in bloody danger. Sorry, ste- in ste- danger. Ste- steady. So, uh. Well, they're not, but I don't think lives have been put in danger by what happened yesterday. I think it was frustrating, and it, it certainly maybe ruined people's days, or at least made it hard to get to work. I don't think lives were necessarily in danger. <laughs>
4: well, they, I don't know
0: that it couldn't happen if a signal wasn't a train. Yep. Mm. Misses the signal, boom-boom. Um, boom-boom to, to, indeed, but Fred, to suggest that, that we kill them for stealing a bit of cable, is that not a little bit extreme? No. Okay, Fred there in Luton, who thinks that um, we should put a deadly charge into the cable. So if anyone tries to steal it, they die. I, I would suggest that's perhaps a little bit strong. Maybe you agree with Fred. I'd love to hear from you if you do. You can text me, 813 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Let's get the latest weather now with Chris Bell. Beds, Hearts and Bugs Weather.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Chris, what have you got for us?
5: Well, just a little bit of, uh, of cloud uh, moving into the area now. We're going to see uh, rather cloudy skies, I think, coming up on Sunday. We'll see scattered showers developing late morning, some of those turning heavy, maybe even with a rumble of thunder as we yes. go through the afternoon. Yeah, I threw that one in.
0: Thanks, Chris. Cheers.
5: <laughs> yeah, so overall, not too bad of a weekend, just that risk uh, towards Sunday afternoon.
0: Chris, are you looking forward to the Olympics, or are you sick and tired of it already?
5: No, I, I like watching the Olympics. I, I always look forward to it.
0: I'm, I'm quite. Ex- I'm, I'm a horrible, miserable, cynical old so-and-so. But even I've been sucked into it this yeah, time round. I,
10: I think I, I do get kind of uh, bored with all the the hype. I think, uh, but once it's here, it's, it's fun to watch.
5: It's something to to do every night when you get home. Uh, look at all the highlights and see what's going on.
0: Chris, thank you very much. Chris Bell with the weather. We'll be hearing more from him uh, a little bit later on in the show. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you wish to give us a call, you can give me a call any <clears throat> about any of the things that we're talking about or. Any of the things that you think we should be talking about? Uh, Fred and Luton was, was just saying that uh, the thieves who stole the cable yesterday, that there should have been a charge in the cable that would have killed them. Well, that's kind of the death penalty. That doesn't, we, we can't bring, go back, bring that back, can we? That's a nonsense, isn't it? It, it? It's flawed. The problem with the death penalty is it's flawed. If one person is executed incorrectly, then that means it's, it's, it's a worthless system because we can't allow that to happen. Oh wait, four, five nine. Four double double five, five double five. Now, if you're getting away this summer, the price of petrol on the continent is likely to give your purse a bit more vroom vroom. Clever figures today show UK drivers in Europe uh, can get savings on fuel that they last had in 2008, with the greatest pennies to be pinched in France. It's to do with the pound being stronger against the euro. Well, our reporter Tom Allnut has been asking these drivers in the three counties what they make of it all.
5: I'm not surprised. Um, it seems that uh, most things uh, are more expensive here than anywhere else. Just don't go, it never
1: goes down, it only goes up, doesn't it?
4: We oldies, is, with a fortunate few. Um, I do feel sorry for the general public, the working public, people with families. Petrol prices affect everything, don't they?
17: Too high. Of course they are. It's all the tax that the government put on it, mainly they could reduce it because it's affecting the cost of living and everything else. I know that the government's
3: a bit of a black hole, but I think penalising the motorists, particularly commuters like me, who have 50-mile round-trip journeys a day, uh, is making life very difficult. And I I think it's about time that the government thought more about the consumer in this recession.
13: Yeah, it is. It's too expensive. The main part of the fuel prices are the government's tax. So if it goes down, there are chances of the fuel prices coming down. How does it make your life difficult?
3: Well, it's the real income effect. It reduces my disposable income. It's
10: having an effect everywhere.
17: You know, it's a case of you have to buy it to get to work and earn a living. So it's a vicious circle, really.
10: Well, I have to drive all over the country to get to work. So diesel prices for me are uh, a big cost to my business. So do you go by car less? No, I stopped driving now. I stopped. I don't have a vehicle. I'm just going to get myself a little job that I don't need a car in it. Because it's only then town, so I only just walk there.
3: I do now, but I still need it for the essential journeys, such
17: as commuting to work. Well, I'm a pensioner, and I don't use my car as much as I did, but it's still a lot when I rely on it.
2: The answer is to go on holiday more, isn't it? And then you can drive around Europe.
18: Oh, yeah, you might have to. Take more trips to France, eh? Calais.
0: Calais. Calais. Uh, here to tell us more is Andrew Howard from the AA. Andrew, one of the uh, people in that little clip package there said that um, the petrol doesn't go down. It has been going down recently,
15: hasn't it? It has been going down since the 16th of April when it hit the all-time high and um, it's worked its way down very slowly. Unfortunately, in the last couple of weeks we've seen it start to go up again. No. Um, the reason for this is almost certainly the activities of speculators who again seem to be buying fuel in vast quantities and then don't sell it until the price rises. In fact, that in the long run means that the price will rise. That that's what's happening at the moment, but what we're trying to draw attention to at the moment is that because the pound is doing so well against the euro, or mm. the euro is doing so badly against the pound, um, fuel can be a lot cheaper abroad than it would have been last summer. Where are the cheapest places for UK drivers abroad, then? Well, the cheapest are Austria and Spain, where you're actually talking about the equivalent of 110 pence a litre, Wow! or 105 for diesel, and diesel is nearly always cheaper abroad than it is here, because we are practically unique in that we tax diesel the same as we tax petrol. Um, um, and we've historically done that. While well, nearly every other country um, sells their diesel considerably cheaper, is the UK the most expensive place for petrol? Um, generally, no. I mean, at the moment, the, equi- the the equivalent price translated into euros will be 140 pence per litre in Holland, and you know that that's higher oh. than we've ever been.
0: Yeah. Why is there such a variation in prices all around Europe? Is it to do with the
15: taxes? How does it work? Ultimately, it is all to do with the taxes. We put on a tax um, which is, what, nearly 60p per litre plus VAT other countries will set that nearly 6p a litre at a slightly different level um, therefore their petrol can be cheaper and as I've said before, quite a lot of them set it appreciably cheaper for diesel which is of course why so many continental countries went through the diesel boom long before we did
0: Andrew, thank you very much, Andrew Howard there from the AA, telling us where the best places Spain and Austria, the best places to get cheap petrol, I'd imagine you can get a lot of stuff cheap in Spain at the moment I, I think it's well worth going over there and having a little look thank you for that Andrew um we've got some texts uh the bell's ringing uh we are ringing at abbott's langley church at 8am well it's 12 minutes past eight you've got to be doing it that's when the whole country's doing it i'm hoping that you can put your head out of your, your window and you'll hear the country chiming with bells be nice uh the national anthem debbie says uh this is uh ryan Giggs." not singing the national anthem last night i was very angry at the lack of singing the national anthem last night the senegal team put us to shame as a captain you set an example if you can't do that then you shouldn't be in that position it was quite clear certain others followed his lead this ruined the match for me it's the kind of thing that doesn't normally bother me but you do think if you're the captain of team gb in the olympics you should sing the national anthem shouldn't you was he making a point? I mean, the, the Ryan Giggs, I don't think, has ever played in an international tournament at any level, has he? Because he plays for Wales. So maybe he doesn't, maybe he doesn't know. Maybe we could give him the benefit of the doubt. He doesn't quite know the etiquette. Uh, and Gary Linton says, I think Daley Thompson should light the flame. He truly excelled in all events in the decathlon. Well, he did. He was brilliant. But I mean, do people really remember Daley Thompson? And he's, he's, he's a fantastic, he's a legend. And I remember he was a big hero in the 80s, a huge hero. Daily Thompson's Decathlon on the ZX Spectrum, of course, but is he a big enough name to do that? 08459 oh, five, 455 double, 555 double,
1: Call 08459 455 555
0: 08459 455 555
1: BBC Three Counties Radio
0: We'll be talking about a new crime panel that's being set up in a few moments. But people have been calling in um, about uh, um, uh, Ryan Giggs. I keep going to say Ryan Reynolds, who's an actor. It's nothing to do with Ryan Reynolds. Mr. Reynolds is not involved in this in the slightest. Ryan Giggs, who uh, did not sing the national anthem last night at the uh, Team GB first match, Ophelia in Luton is calling. Good morning, Ophelia. Good morning. What's your take on this?
19: Uh, I think, for me personally, as um, the captain of the England team, I think, at a principle he should have sang it but just to say that ryan gill is welsh yeah. and most likely he doesn't sing it because of that again um the national anthem i know all the words but it's not something that i sing because in my experience growing up in the 70s it after it being chanted it's not um there's no black in the union jack that was usually sung and um to me it's got that sort of connotation to it right. similar experience when i was at uni um, when our graduation, I attended a very old English um, university. And at the start of the ceremony, they, everyone had to stand up and sing the national anthem. Then different people started sitting down. I'm Welsh. I'm Nigerian. I'm, I don't subscribe to it. I'm Irish. A lot of the group that I um, graduated with refused to sing it because they don't identify with it. And I think the the national anthem is very British. It's not... Well, she's not a part of the well, so called United Kingdom. Ophelia,
0: but you've just said it. The national anthem is British, and, and Wales is British. It's, it's their national anthem as well. Mm, I'm not
19: sure how whether they to, to it. Well, can I, Ophelia, sorry, are you in the bath? Oh, can you hear? Yeah, I, no, uh, can I just apologise? Yeah, I can, I wait, can wait, totally wait. hear oh you. My God, I didn't know it was coming through. Can I just say, I just like to multitask. I'm washing dishes. I really am washing dishes in the bath. No, 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 in the kitchen. <laughs> I'll stop.
0: I'll stop right now. You don't have to stop. I just. No, I'm, I'm just, so embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. Oh, my I, I, I'm sorry. I, I just couldn't. I couldn't resist. But the thing is, I think it, it, it is the, the the Great British National Anthem, and he is gigs is an ambassador. Um, for Great Britain, and surely he should be singing along, Physically, shouldn't he?
19: Hopefully, he should have.
0: Yes. Regardless of how he felt, I
19: would have done the same if I, I had. Because not only that, you're not just singing it for yourself, you're, you don't really want to offend anyone. I wouldn't. No. I don't think in that position you should really offend anyone, and he should have been
0: aware of that. And I'm sorry that you, you associate it with, with um, racism and thugs from the 70s, because, yes, it's got a verse about the Scots, but, it, 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 you know, it, it's not a racist song. and it's, it's No, it n- isn't. It isn't. And I'm sorry it you've got that connection with it. Ophelia, get back to your, your washing up. <laughs> okay, take care. Thank you very much. Time. Bye-bye. Um, we've got Justin uh, Daly is live at Luton Airport this morning, and uh, he's um, uh, greeting the, the people as they arrive for the Olympics, and he's just bumped into a load of people. Justin, who are you with? Ian, somebody tipped me off a few minutes ago. They said to me, um, just around the
5: corner, I have never seen so many plane spotters in all of my life, so I've come up to have a look. I'm just outside the Holiday Inn Express, and uh, yes, lots of plane spotters wow. here. Very briefly on this. Uh, John, you're one of them you travelled from Cornwall to be here today it's a very long wow. journey why are you here today what's going on
0: there's a lot of uh, biz jets in here with uh, which have brought uh, executives in and all the dignitaries in for the olympics it's very busy very full it's uh, well worth the effort you got your binoculars with you. Uh, what type of
5: binoculars are these, by the way?
0: High-tech ones? These are high-tech ones. Very expensive, <laughs> yes. It's a telescope, actually, but it's very expensive. Yeah, but you need it. You need the kit to do the job, you know. I'm not going to come all the way from Cornwall and miss something. <laughs> and you've been doing this all of your life. Just lastly, what's the most amazing
5: plane that you've ever seen here at Luton Airport? Because you have been here before. Come on, sell it to us, John. Come
0: on, you can do this. That's a really difficult question Uh They're all amazing. These aircraft are fantastic. When you stand right next to them, they absolutely look beautiful.
5: They're all gorgeous. They're all amazing. Excellent stuff, John. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Ian, these are dedicated people. around I can see somebody right now who's got some very, very high-tech binoculars. I'll come and look at those in a minute. Uh, Are they
0: binoculars or is it a telescope, Justin? Uh, (laughs) How could you not know the difference? (laughs) They look
5: like binoculars. These are high-tech people, but they are lined around Luton
0: Airport. Very special day for them. And uh, maybe we'll catch up with them a bit later on. Do let us know. Nothing wrong with having a hobby at all. Now, in November, a new way of running the police comes into force. Uh, Police and crime commissioners will be elected. They're being compared to sheriffs, which maybe seems a bit far-fetched, but Thames Valley Police has also changed its structure. Gone is the police authority, and in comes the police and crime panel. Councillor Trevor Trevor Eggleton is the chair of the panel. He also sits on Bucks County Council. He's in the studio now. Good morning, Trevor. Good morning. Tell us more about the crime panel. What does it do, and how does it work? The crime panel... Um, Is the body
12: responsible for scrutinising the new Commissioner's Police Plan and the budget Mm. for the year? And also approving, when it's appropriate, the appointment of the Chief Constable, the Chief Executive... Chief Finance Officer, and if the Commissioner decides to have a deputy mm. um, that 's our statutory duty. Um, we will also throughout the year have be having six meetings around the Thames Valley, mm-hmm. which will review the progress of the Commissioner on his policies and the actual performance of the police in relation to those policies. So we scrutinise the commissioner's performance. And how does this differ from how the police have been run in the past? Um, Previously, the police authority comprised of 50% councillors, roughly speaking, 50% independents Mm. that were on. Um, And they were very much... Um, like a council now we have this very high profile publicly accountable by the electorate every four years police commissioner and we will be having representatives from all 18 authorities in Mm. the thames valley so we will have democratic accountability and closeness to all our population and residents
0: will the public notice
12: any difference um i hope they will because i hope that the commissioner will make a difference um they will as i said be publicly accountable they're obviously going to be a lot more high profile Mm. um with the public and they will be engaging with the public and so will we be looking to engage with the public via our network of councils to raise their concerns and their
0: issues with the commissioner Is uh, having police commissioners, is it it a good idea? Because I'm guessing that if they're going to be a a kind of a public figure, they're going to need some sort of, uh, you know, a lot of personality and charisma. Could that be detracting slightly from the job of policing?
12: I think that the concept
0: from central government is that the commissioner will be
12: much more publicly accountable mm. um, and probably a lot more reactive to the concerns of the public mm. as opposed to the police authority, which um, they're doing very good job throughout the country, but they are not, as you would say, high
0: profile and transparent. There are cuts being made everywhere. Everything is, is, is having to tighten its belt. Is it right to bring in such a big move now? Um, I think it
12: it is i believe the commissioners will be faced with a big challenge but they will have a challenge they will be elected on a mandate on the sort of policing that they want to introduce mm-hmm. um so that they will be able to tailor the police plan to
0: the priorities of the general public right and will the public get a say in this the, 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 what, what they want are they going to be kind of meetings and things like that um we're going to have public meetings right.
12: um So six times a year it will be like a select committee of the Houses of Parliament um, or the way that they're operating in London now um, with the deputy mayor in charge of police. And there'll be public meetings and the commissioner will come to each of those meetings for a question and answer session. And I think, as you said, the, the thing we've got to do is engage the public with this panel of ours and actually find the public's views Mm. and, as I said, use our current network of local safety partnerships, etc., and crime reduction partnerships throughout the Thames Valley. Is there a need for better policing in the Thames Valley? Um, I think the police are doing a very good job at the moment. Um, We do have a lot of pressures in the Thames Valley. It's very large, very diverse and very complex. So, um... I think one can always do better, but we are, as I understand it, um, improving at the moment. We're improving detection rates, we're getting crime down. And the last figures I've seen for the Thames Valley show some remarkable increases in both those areas. So we are, at the moment, the police are doing a good job. Trevor, is it not just more bureaucracy? Um, no, it's less bureaucracy, in fact, because you've you've got a panel of a police authority um, which sits and has committees and subcommittees, etc. Now that's all being replaced by the commissioner and a very small staff. Mm. So I think that there is a saving in bureaucracy, and I think it's a new way of working that's much more, if you like, customer-focused.
0: Trevor, thank you very much. Councillor Trevor, uh, Trevor Eggleton, uh, chair of the new police and crime panel and also sits on Bucks County Council. Thank you very much, Trevor. Uh, 08459 four double five five double five. your views on that, always keen. Or you can text 81333, start your text 3CR.
1: Beds, hearts and Bucks News.
0: BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.45 on Friday the 27th of July. These are the headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. After seven years of preparations, the stage is set in London for the opening of the 2012 Olympics. At 12 minutes past eight this morning, bells all across the country will be rung for three minutes as part of the Cultural Olympiad. Train services on the Thameslink line are back to normal this morning after yesterday's major disruption caused by cable theft. 500 metres of cable were taken from the track north of Flittick, leading to calls for changes to the law surrounding scrap metal in sport great britain's men drew one all with senegal at old trafford in their opening match in the olympic football and here's your weather for beds hearts and bucks some sunny spells but more cloud than of late with the chance of a few showers for a time perhaps with an odd heavier one across hertfordshire this afternoon top temperature 24 degrees celsius Coming up, I'm genuinely excited about this, because I'm a kid and I like big noises. We are gearing up to hear the bells of the three counties at 12 minutes past eight this morning. If you want to take part. Oh, wait, 459, 455, 555. Our reporter is in St Albans this morning as the Abbey there takes part two. I'm I'm breaking one of the uh, laws of radio. There are laws that govern radio, and one of them is you do not have your mobile phone turned on in the studio. I'm turning mine on. I want to get the bell sound Um, so that we can play the bell sound uh, at 12 minutes past eight. Because thousands of people today across the country are ringing bells to mark the start of the Olympic Games. All the bells is an idea from Turner Prize-winning artist and composer Martin Creed. Bells will be rung for three minutes at exactly 12 minutes past eight. Uh, And if you want to come on the air and ring your bell... You can do. 08459 455 555. Book your slot now. St Albans Abbey, a fantastic place, is taking part in all the bells, and our reporter Sophie Soleria is there now. Good morning, Sophie.
20: Good morning. I am indeed outside the Abbey. It's glorious this morning. It's Friday morning. I don't know if I feel happy and excited because it's sunny again for the third day running, or because it's the day of the opening Olympic ceremony. It is finally here, and we are getting ready to to celebrate that at 12 minutes past eight as you said ian we will be present we will be here present to hear the bells at st alban's abbey ring for three minutes to mark the start of the olympics 2012 i'm now here with richard watson he's a sub dean at the abbey
0: my my bell's got off sorry hang on you carry on sophie my bells have started i'm trying to work (laughs) out to turn it off you carry on sorry
20: fine (laughs) i'll carry on at least we haven't had our bell start early uh, richard uh, ian's are already going off in the studio <laughs> we're a little bit more professional than that aren't <laughs> much
10: we? more professional yes so yeah. let's
20: tell uh, tell me a little bit more about all the bells what's the idea behind that
10: it's a nationwide project by turner prize winner uh, martin creed to get as many people ringing as many bells as loudly and as quickly for three minutes to herald the opening of the olympics which is just a brilliant idea it's so simple it can involve everyone so it's fantastic
20: and why did you decide to join in here at the abbey
10: well the bell of the abbey have rung out over this city and over this region for centuries and they've been there to not just tell the time but to call people to big national and local events so it really wasn't a question of shall we be involved but of course we were.
20: Let's talk about the bells, shall we? How many do we have up there?
10: We've got a ring of 12 bells up in the Tower, which were recently completely renewed by the Whitechapel bell Foundry. But what we're going to hear today is our carolyn. Uh, People who live in St Albans are used to hearing the tune playing every third hour, and it's a different tune for every day, uh, and it's just a way of marking time through the day. So what we're going to hear today is the carolyn bells, which is a a live set of bells, but they're programmed automatically.
20: And what kind of noise are they going to be giving us at 12 minutes past 8
10: Well, we've got a tune, a particular Olympic tune, which I'm. A tune? A tune which I think many people will recognise.
20: Which tune is this?
10: Well, it can't be Vangelis' Chariots of Fire theme, so that's going to ring out over the city.
20: No way! How have you managed to programme the bells for to, to, to such an intricate tune?
10: Well, it's quite complicated, because there's only certain tunes that the bells can cope with, obviously, but um, Vangelis' Chariots of Fire is a fairly basic set, so in, in in partnership with the Master of the Music here and Whitechapel Bell Foundry, uh, they made it happen.
20: Three minutes as well they would be ringing for. That's a l- very long time, isn't it, to hear really loud bells. It was going to be hear, heard for miles, I guess.
10: Well, I think that's the idea. Not only just miles around here, but all over the country, bells ringing. So if, if you're there and you're not ringing your bell, then make sure you get something sorted out.
20: Well, you know, not everybody has the privilege to have 12 bells ringing Chariot of Fire. But can anybody do this with a, I don't know, doorbell, cat collar bell? I mean, <laughs> any bell?
10: Anyone, anywhere, any bell. So whether it's uh, the, the ringer on your phone, your doorbell, uh, reset your alarm clock, anything at all.
20: There you go, guys. Everybody, the time is getting closer. People listening, get your bells together for 12 minutes past eight this morning.
0: I do, Sophie, I do love church bells. I think it's one of the most fantastic sounds. And my little boy, he gets really excited if he hears church bells now. And he goes, oh, with well, the church bells, Daddy, the church bells. It's a great sound, isn't it? But-
20: but is, are his bells ringing chariots of fire? No. That's the thing. What other bells are going to be doing that in the whole of the UK except here at the Abbey?
0: Fantastic. Sophie Soleria there. Thank you very much. I, listen, it's a silly thing. But it's exciting. I, I get excited about things like this where people are joining in and doing something that's a little bit silly. It is silly. Everyone's going to be ringing bells and doorbells. I've got my phone set to ring uh, bells. I think I've managed to turn it off now, which is, which is something. Thank you very much. Uh, we've got people calling up as well who are going to be ringing their bells live on the air at 12 minutes past eight. And if you're doing it... Um, text us and let us know that you're doing it um, And we'll give you a mention on the air 81333, start your text 3CR We've been talking all morning now, By the way, no one's called in to tell me if I've got a corn uh, On my foot I've got no idea what a corn is I've got something on my toe It's this big lump on my little toe And it's kind of squidgy But well, it's not squidgy, it's solid, but I can move it around Is that a corn or a bunion? What on earth is it? Should I be worried? Do I need to chop the toe off? Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Uh, and if you're avoiding the Olympics as well, we're being very celebratory today. We can maybe next week. We could perhaps start being a bit critical. But I think today we should embrace and we should enjoy. But <clears throat> if you are sick of the Olympics and you plan to av- avoid it, could you let me know how you plan to avoid it? What are you going to be doing? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Are you are you going away? You you booked to leave tomorrow, straight after work tonight? Have you just got a load of DVDs in? How are you going to get by ignoring the Olympics if you're not a fan? 08459 oh, nine, four double, five, five, double five. We're also asking who should light the Olympic flame. We still don't know. The suggestion so far that we have on this list, Sir Roger Bannister. He's, um, he's apparently the favourite. He's 83 years old. Steve Redgrave. Sir Steve Redgrave to you. Uh Dame Kelly Holmes, Sebastian Coe. Sebastian Coe definitely won't do it because even he would realise how much it would look like an ego trip if he you know, did that. Uh Daily Thompson, maybe. And I've I've inspired a lot of you, including our political reporter Paul Scoynes, uh, to remember who's tweeted me, um to remember Daley Thompson's decathlon on the spectrum. Good game. And David Beckham. I would love to see David Beckham kick a flaming football into the cauldron and light it. But he's not an Olympian, so it can't be him. That would be cheating, wouldn't it? Robert is in Stevenage. Robert, who do you think should be doing it? Uh, Personally, I
3: think I would like to see Paula Radcliffe. Paula Radcliffe? Yeah, I think she'd been a great ambassador, especially for the marathon running.
0: But, but does she? did she win an Olympic gold in the end? Because she always seems to be having problems and injuries.
3: Yeah, that's towards the latter part of her running, I think. But uh, at her peak, I think she was very, you know, she, she was absolutely marvellous.
0: Oh, she's a a fantastic runner, and she's done uh, superb work. Listen, The thought of running a marathon at all, let alone doing it in that time, is incredible. Do you think she's got enough personality, Robert, to to make it a special event if it was her doing it?
19: Oh, I don't
3: see why not. No, I mean, I think she's unique in her style of running and uh, attitude towards... The marathon running.
0: I think the thing, Robert, I'm going to handle this very delicately, that may prevent her from being on the list is at one point in uh, a marathon. It, I think it was a London marathon. She, um, <clears throat> she had to uh, go, didn't she? That's correct. Yeah. And that's that's not a nice image to send around the world, is it? No,
3: not really. No, I can see your point.
0: Mm. Robert, thank you very much indeed. There we go. So we start off saying, suggesting Paula Radcliffe. It's, this is another reason... Why, listen, I'm never going to do, uh, do a marathon. Ever. And people every year say, oh, she should run the London Marathon. raise a bit of money for charity. No, I'll, I'll write a cheque. How much do you want? I'll write a cheque. I'm never going to run a marathon. And one of the reasons is, A, because it looks exhausting. B, it just looks t- terrifying. I'm a very lazy man. But see, it, it, it messes up your insides. And again, I shall handle this delicately because we have young ears listening and it's breakfast time, but it puts pressure on bits inside your body where pressure should not be put Uh, and sometimes you have to um you know take a pee break while you're running now uh, and and quite often marathon runners will do it as they're running i was reading this and i was horrified no thank you (coughs) i won't be doing any of that um joe in letchworth says busy on the a1 into london at mill hill road signs saying to use the game lanes thank you for that joe uh, and we were talking about the cable theft <coughs> sorry i've got a frog in my throat this morning we were talking about the cable theft that affected the trains uh, yesterday until about six o'clock in the evening a lot longer than we were expecting it to go we were told it'd be done by lunchtime went on until about six uh, and we had someone I, I think it was joe suggested that you um and i don't think his tongue was in his cheek I think this is a genuine suggestion that you electrify the uh, cables. sending out a deadly charge. I think that's perhaps a little bit extreme for cable theft. But someone on the text says, there is a charge through some of the cables. You can cut live cables and not become electrocuted by using insulated cutters. Well, we're giving all the tips on how the crooks can avoid all of these crimes now and avoid death. Uh, I think electrocuting uh, people to death for attempting to steal cable, is, is perhaps a little bit extreme. Maybe it's a little bit harsh. Do you think... Or maybe you think it's an appropriate thing to do. I would suggest it's a little bit um, harsh. Are you excited about the Olympics beginning tonight? Oh, look, a glass of water has come. That, that. Thank you very much. There we go. <clears throat> That's better. You don't want to hear me coughing in your ears all morning, do you? Most unpleasant. Are you excited about the Olympics starting tonight? I am. I will probably watch the beginning of the opening ceremony. It's about three and a half hours, isn't it? I'll watch the beginning, take the rest, uh, and then sort of watch it tomorrow with my boy, maybe, and fast forward through the boring bits. There there will be some dull bits, let's be be honest. It's going to be a spectacle, but every spectacle has some slightly dull bits. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm really keen, between now and nine o'clock, to hear from you if you are sick and tired of the Olympics. I don't want to go all negative, but I, I know that it's not for everybody. If you've had enough... Already, before it's even started properly, could you give me a call and let me know? 08459 five nine four I'm keen to know what you're going to do to avoid being bombarded. Because it's everywhere. We're doing it. The TV's doing it. It's on the front page of all the newspapers, and it will be for the next three weeks. How are you going to avoid it? Or is it going to drive you absolutely mad? 08459 five double five. Oh! There we go. Sorry, I do apologise. Fingers are all over the place today. We'll be getting more from Justin Dealey as well shortly, live at Luton Airport as he welcomes the visitors to our country for the greatest sporting event of all time. Good morning, dear listener. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio with your breakfast show until 9 o'clock. Now, the next 15 minutes are going to be very busy and could be a complete disaster. I'm just warning you now. We've got lots of callers lined up who are going to be ringing their bells at 12 minutes past eight. Are you taking part? Are you doing it at home? I hope so. If you are taking part, do let us know. Uh, send us a text, 83133, starting your text 3CR. Let us know what you're playing, where you're playing it, and if anybody else was joining in with you. You can still call in about who should be light- lighting the Olympic flame. Jonathan Vernon-Smith will be popping in in about 20 minutes, 15 minutes, to let us know what's happening on his show today. And I'm really keen to speak to you if you are sick and tired of the Olympics. How is all this Olympic talk making you feel? 08459 455 555. You can text uh, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can email 3CR at bbc.co.uk.
1: On FM, AM and online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio
0: has been uh, a busy few days at Luton Airport. Thousands of people have flown in for the Olympic Games, including some of the Olympic VIPs. Our reporter Justin Dealey has been meeting some of those arriving in Bedfordshire.
5: Jonathan, you're from Costa Rica. Uh, You're here in
6: Luton right now. You're going to the opening ceremony. How great is that? I am totally amazed and actually I am waiting that day. Uh, We bought the ticket last year on March, I guess, and we have been counting the days down. So that's amazing. We are waiting to sort of the olympic experience here in london
11: well the next few weeks i'll be the food and beverage manager from the holland heineken house serving food for at least royal family uh, fans everybody i mean you couldn't make this up it must be your dream job surely yes it's my dream job but it's the third time i've been in Beijing. i've been in vancouver for the same job so it's london is a great celebration the biggest house ever i've come from brazil for the
13: olympic games oh i've always loved sports for all my life i practice sports i watch them on tv all the time and the olympics is the biggest competition in the world so i love it the best people are here well justin
0: has been hanging out with uh, his his own kind that's uh, plane spotters he's live at luton airport now justin who are you with now Production. Um, I'm with the Team London Ambassadors
5: here at Ooh. Luton Airport. Uh, their course, they're all volunteers. Uh, some eight thousand of them working in and around London, and it's basically their job being to welcome people to this country, offer advice about the games such as travel and tickets. 43 information points uh, in London and just outside. One of those is here at Luton Airport. I'm with two of the ambassadors right now: Joe from Stevenage and also Louise from Harpenden. Joe, welcome to the program. Uh, you've been working here at at the airport what's been the highlight for you so far being a team ambassador
20: Hi. Um, the highlight for me so far has been just welcoming people as soon as they've arrived in our country. Um, some people, you know, are really excited about getting into London. Other people are unsure about how to get there. So just being there as a friendly face and answering any questions and queries.
5: Some people are confused because it is called London Luton Airport. Some people think, think they're in London already. Um, what's been the most common question for you so
11: far?
20: Ah, Well, the common question so far has basically been um, how do I get to London? You know, do I go on a train do I go on a bus and there's so many routes and so many different companies so it's just helping people <clears> choose the, um, the best route
5: brilliant stuff and a couple of brief questions as well to Louise from Harpenden uh, Louise you've actually been to the rehearsal for the opening ceremony you went earlier in the week sell it to us how good was that rehearsal
19: absolutely superb
17: the singing dancing music and of course the fireworks band guaranteed not to be disappointed wonderful
5: Doing a great job here. Who should be carrying that flame this evening? It's a big question this morning. For yourself, being a team ambassador, who should that be?
7: I reckon it should be Steve Redgate.
5: I'm with you on that one. Thank you so much for your time, guys. Nice outfits, by the way, nice and pink. So uh, 8,000 volunteers in total, Ian, 43 of these information pods, one of them here at London Luton Airport. And later, hopefully, we're going to be hearing from Vitar. Uh, Vitar turned up here yesterday uh, from Brazil. Uh, He turned up at 9 o'clock in the morning, and he wanted to go to Cardiff to watch the Brazil football match last
0: night. Did he make it? Hopefully. We'll find out before 9. Justin, listen, people are not going to forget the comments you made about British girls about an hour ago. So stop <laughs> trying to suck up to those ambassadors. Hang on a second. Stop being a lawyer, you.
5: Okay. <laughs> stop twisting my word. You, you knew exactly what I was getting at. And also Vitor from Brazil, he knew straight away what I was talking about. Okay. All I was saying was that bikinis <laughs> in
0: this country are slightly different to those in Brazil. Okay? okay. Correct? That is a fact. Thank you. Justin Dealey, thank you very much. It started off, it, we started off as friends. I think we're going to end next week, my last week here. We, we may be ending as enemies. Justin Dealey, excellent stuff. Thank you, sir. Uh, always good to uh, hear what he's up to. It's busy. The bells. Where are we? we? We're two and a half minutes away from ringing the bells, which is very exciting. I know it's it's a bit of nonsense, but I like it. I like stuff like that. Uh, and thousands of people across the country are ringing bells this morning to mark the start of the Olympic Games. Bells will be rung for three minutes at exactly twelve minutes past eight. I hope you've got your bells ready, St. Uh, St. Albans Abbey is taking part in all the bells, and our reporter Sophie Solaria is there. Sophie, how's it looking?
20: Oh, it's getting exciting. We've got about 50 to 60 people turned up. Oh, brilliant. got out of their cars, they've brought all kinds of bells, wind chimes, they've got triangles, bell, bells everywhere. Everyone's brought their bells. I'm still with Richard Watson, he's a sub-dean at the Abbey. Richard, this is getting really exciting.
10: It is. There's a very strange selection of bells. Something Someone's bought some uh, horse bells from Pakistan. I don't think they brought them over this <laughs> horse morning. Horse bells but, from uh, Pakistan? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've got, we've no got uh, a multicultural bell display here. It's, it's fantastic. We, we didn't expect people to come. We thought we'd listen from their beds. But, it's going to uh,
20: sound so good, Richard. And, great. of course, all, anyone can join in, can't they? So whether you've got a bicycle bell, a doorbell, any kind of bell. Absolutely. You any can. bell at all. Plus thousands of people and organisations are also taking part. You've got Big Ben ringing their bell, Royal Navy, the Army, National Trust, and, of course, the BBC. All the bells will be broadcast across the BBC to a potential live audience of, like, 10 million people. And, of course, three counties are a part of it.
10: Of course, absolutely fantastic. So if you're not going to ring a bell, then open the windows and stick your head out and listen.
20: Do you really think it's going to be that loud?
10: It must. There must be a a sort of swathe of sound that will go across the country because, you know, church bells alone can be heard for miles around.
20: How long have we got now? I think it's mm. like 30 seconds. You've got about 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie, stay there,
0: because we've got a few people who've called in, so I'm going to speak to a couple of the callers that we've got as well. We've got Roger in Bedford. Hello, Roger. Hello. Uh, we spoke to you yesterday. You've got your mother's bells. Are yes. they are they there ready to go? <laughs> Excellent stuff. <laughs> stay there, Roger. We've got Barry the Boiler from Leighton Buzzard. Good morning, Barry. Good morning, Ian. What bells um, have you got? We've got...
6: Eight ringers, we're going to ring the
0: large eight of our twelve bells in a moment. Okay, we're about twenty seconds away. Stay oh, there. Goodness. Paul is in Bigglesway. Paul. Oh, Ian. Yes. You. What. What bell have you got? It's my doorbell. I'm <laughs> <afraid>. <laughs> oh no! Don't be afraid. That's wonderful. questions the shine? Okay, I think we're about uh, ten. According to my clock, we're about ten seconds away. So we're going to see what happens. Sophie, are you all ready to go? There. We
20: are ready to go. Everyone, are we ready to go with the bells? <laughs>
0: Fantastic. We'll get a bit of this and we're we'll going get the other callers to come in and Charlie, take part.
20: The fire is about to broadcast.
0: It sounds good. Roger, get your bells going. Barry, let's hear yours. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Paul, let's hear yours. I'm gonna get... I'm, t- I'm trying to get mine to ring. Look, where's my? Here we go. Here's mine. Let's go back to Sophie. Let's see what's happening with Sophie.
20: Everybody, ring your bells, loudly! For the start of the Olympics!
0: Gordon, you're ringing bells in Mark 8. Let's hear yours. Look, well, ours are ringing now. Good luck. Okay. One might be more. Go on, make some noise. You're on the Blooming Radio. It's three counties. Let's go back to Sophie. Let's hear what Sophie Sophie sounds fantastic.
20: St Albans are ringing their bells for the Olympics 2012.
0: We have another two minutes of this. Listen, everybody's taking part. We've got Pete. Pete, whereabouts are you and what bell have you got? Pete, I'm ringing my Titanic ship bell in Arles, You've got the Titanic ship bell. We're still the front of a house. Let's go back to Paul. Paul, with your doorbell. How's the doorbell going? <laughs> Barry, keep going. Let's go back to Sophie in St. Albans.
20: We're still ringing up bells in St. Albans.
0: <laughs> oh, bless you, Sophie.
20: <laughs> Wind chimes. Children's bells. Horse bells from Pakistan, they're all being rung.
0: People are still going. It's sounding wonderful. We've got about another minute left. You're listening to BBC Three Counties Radio. One minute left. Keep going. Pete, keep ringing your Titanic bell. I'm
16: going, I'm doing it.
0: Jeremy, let's hear you. Thank you, Lord. Jeremy from Lighthouse Crescent, a Christian children's holiday camp. We'll we'll speak to Jeremy properly in a second. Paul, let's have the doorbell. And let's, yeah, you're on the radio. Do it. And let's have them all together for the last 25 seconds. Everybody ring your bells. Everyone ring your bells. (laughs) Here's the Sony. Here's the Sony award. Another ten seconds to go. Ten
20: seconds! Ten seconds to go! Ring your bells
12: for the Olympics!
0: And I think the three minutes is up. Excellent stuff. Sophie, well done! That was phenomenal. It was something I I think
20: experienced Anything like what I have just experienced in my life,
0: Sophie? I think you and I have just won ourselves a Sony Award. There, congratulations! Yeah, you too. Well done. And so well done to everyone. It sounded well fantastic. Done, everyone, yay! Uh, Pete, thank you very much with your Titanic bell. Jeremy, very quickly, we've got about thirty seconds. Uh, tell us where you're from and what bells you ringing. Uh, were ringing. We're Lighthouse Presix, which is a Christian holiday camp for about
5: three hundred kids in Buckinghamshire. And we're just ringing bells in reception And we're doing another big bell ring this afternoon With about 300 kids going mad Ringing, noising this afternoon as well
0: What time are you doing it this afternoon, Jeremy? Uh, sometime between sort of 2 and 3 o'clock We'll, we'll be able to hear you, I think Listen, thank you so much Thank you to Jeremy and Pete and Paul and Barry and Roger uh, And Sophie as well And everybody who turned up at St Albans It's, it's nonsense, but it's, sometimes it's fun to do something ridiculous, isn't it? And it sounded absolutely wonderful <laughs> Oh dear, and Breeze. <laughs> we got through it. Beds,
1: hearts and bugs news.
2: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Uh, these are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. After seven years of preparations, the stage is set in London for the opening of the 2012 Olympics. At 12 minutes past eight this morning, bells all across the country were rung for three minutes as part of the Cultural Olympiad, and we were part of it. Train services on the Thameslink line are back to normal this morning after yesterday's major disruption caused by cable theft, 500 metres of cable were taken from the track north of Flittick, leading to calls for changes to the law surrounding scrap metal. In sport, Great Britain... So I'm trying not to laugh because Justin Jonathan Vernon-Smith has just told me something. I'm, I'm really changed in a very um, funny mime, and I'm trying not to laugh. I apologise. Great Britain's men drew one-all with Senegal at Old Trafford in their opening match. <laughs> Why did you come in and do that? I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fault. <laughs> I can't do it. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, it was all my fault. I'm so sorry. But, uh, but uh, well, uh, yes, I think because basically you've, you've said I've missed um, some fantastic footage well, of what? As I was as I was listening to to <clears> you <throat> and everyone else <laughs> ringing the bells this morning. Sony Gold. <laughs> Sony, Sony Gold. Gold.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. My mind and my eye were slightly <laughs> distracted by the sight of John Burko <laughs> ringing his bell on BBC One TV. Very enthusiastic. He had a very big bell and he was ringing it very enthusiastic enthusiastically for anybody that watched it i'm sure you enjoyed it <laughs> i'm gonna be yes. it <laughs> it, was, it was very funny now coming up on the big phone <laughs> in yes. this morning yes. at nine serious now yes. come on are you ready for the olympics yes i'm, I'm totally set for it I oh, know I can hear you very excited. I aren't am you? excited about it. The official start of the Olympic Games is just hours away. After seven years of waiting, the opening ceremony is expected to be one of the most watched events in TV history. And last night, a cauldron lighting ceremony was held at Hyde Park, where the Mayor of London, Boris Johnson, asked one simple question: Are you ready? And after almost £10 billion of public money, hundreds of thousands of workers and volunteers and years of preparation, you'd hope that the answer is yes. Mm. But are we all ready for the Olympics? From nine this morning, I want to hear, are you ready? 08459 455
0: 555, that's the telephone number. (laughs) Uh, 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 You know, I'm a cynical old so-and-so, you're a cynical young so-and-so, but did you not feel a bit defensive yesterday when Mitt Romney, the uh, American presidential candidate, kind of started dissing us? and saying, well, they're not good enough to host the Olympics. Well, he's clearly a wally. <laughs> when when he was, um... <laughs> I've he... the word wally for 25 years.
2: <laughs> Did you see when he was having a chat with, uh, with the Ed Miliband and he couldn't remember his name, so he's called him Mr Leader. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
2: poor Mitt Romney. <laughs> Mr Leader. <laughs> yes, never mind. Uh, Jonathan, at uh, nine o'clock, I look forward to listening to you. Yes. That's your cue, too. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm quite comfortable here. D- Thank you for Shall <laughs> I ring my bell? <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm so sorry i'm so sorry dear listener it's completely inappropriate i'm supposed to be doing this show for another week i don't know if i'll be back <clears throat> we've got some texts uh, on the bell ringing oh fantastic well done uh, ruth in high Wycombe says we're taking part in the bell ringing i'm ringing the sleigh bells and my son will be ringing the doorbell so it'll be very noisy excellent my, hus- my husband won't be ringing any bells as he's sick and tired already of the Olympics. So he's going to love that. His wife and his kid making a big racket. Um, Marion in Hemel says, I've got a replica Liberty Bell. It's got a brilliant sound. Gaz in Luton, hi. I, I will be joining you in ringing my bell. Come on, England. And Catherine uh, in Hemel Hempstead says, I'll be ringing a small handbell." Fantastic. It's nonsense, but it's wonderful nonsense. Speaking of Bells, you see what I did there? Beds, Hearts and Bucks weather.
1: BBC Three Counties Radio. It's
2: the weather news with Chris Bell. Chris, what have you got for us? It's just too easy today.
0: I I know, I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) You're
5: making it too easy. Uh, Weather-wise, it's not going to be too bad today, actually. That's it for the
0: weather. Chris, thank you very (laughs) much for indulging me with my my thunder fetish. Have a great weekend and speak to you soon. That's uh, Chris Bell there with the weather. Now, more than £8 million is being used to help young people in uh, hearts and beds get back into education or work. 16 and 17 year olds will receive specialist advice and help from training provider, the consultancy Home Counties. The company was awarded a multi-million pound contract by the Education Funding Agency to target deprived areas and those who aren't in, sorry, those who aren't in education, training or employment. It's estimated that uh, more than 4,000 teenagers could be helped over the next four years CEO of the company, uh, Dale Morgan, joins us now Good morning, Dale, tell us a bit more about the scheme Oh, Dale? Dale, Dale, are you there? Uh, no, nope. Dale, we seem to have lost Yeah, I'm here Oh, you're there, Dale, yes, hello Can you tell me a bit more about the scheme?
4: Yes, we're working, we plan to work with over 4,500 16-17 year olds, as you said, that are classed as neat, so not in education, employment and training. And TCHC has a unique team of really qualified and experienced individuals that are going to mentor from day one right the way through until July uh, 15 with these youngsters to make sure that they get themselves fit for the future.
0: Now, you say you offer a, a bespoke service to each participant, is that right? That's absolutely right. And how does that work? Well, we've been recruiting
4: the very best personal advisors throughout the region, but in particular, I know you're more interested in hearts and, and, and beds, mm. um, So we've got some really talented people from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of ages ages, that are going to really work hard with these individuals, motivate them, help them with their barriers and get them back into, ideally, employment, training and education.
0: Are there any specific areas that you're targeting, Dale?
4: Yeah, well, I mean, if we, if we think about the ones that are dear to our heart at the moment, in central beds, it's Houghton Regis, Leighton Buzzard, Parts of Dunstable, Sandy, uh, Sandy Biggleswade, uh, and also Stevenage, Letchworth, Hemel Hempstead, Borehamwood, St Albans, Wellingarden City, Watford, and Benson and Luden.
0: And who's a- a- eligible to take part in
4: this? OK, they've got to be 16 and 17 years old. They can't have an A to C uh, GCSE, so we've got lots of youngsters over the next little while that are going to get their results. If they don't get what they want, if they haven't got those A to Cs, then we're the right people for them, their their parents, their social workers to contact, and I promise you we're going to take them on a journey that will get real results for them.
0: And how do people get in touch, Dale? Okay, TCHC has a website, that's
4: www. they can go on there and they can contact us through the website or they can call us on 01923 698 444 that's 01923 698 444
0: Dale listen thank you very much anything that helps young people get education or get into work has got to be uh, applauded I I wish you the best of luck Uh, Dale Morgan there uh, now, our reporter, Justin Dealey, is spending the morning at Luton Airport as people arrive for the Olympics. Very busy, and he spotted some plane spotters. Justin? <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice way of putting that, actually. Yes, I
5: have spotted uh, some plane spotters. I've been talking earlier on to the team ambassadors here at Luton Airport. Some 43 information points, 8,000 volunteers in total. And somebody said to me, and do you know what, Round the corner, I have never seen so many plane spotters in all of my life. Now, the reason there are so many plane spotters at Luton Airport is because they're all here to see the private jets that are flying in for the olympics right, yes. one of them is roger who is with me right
21: now roger you've traveled a long way to be here uh, t- tell us where you've come from uh, jersey in the channel islands i'm here for five days it's a sort of mini holiday uh, we don't get anything like this in the channel islands uh, business jets mind you this is pretty unusual for the uk this is a once certainly in a decade lifetime event to see so many business jets so many interesting aircraft um, government vip aircraft which you just don't normally see in this country and they're all here of course at luson airport these private jets now i've got a, a few quid in the bank about two pounds fifty um, how much are these jets worth well probably between 20 and 50 million dollars uh and that will be second hand um, and they're obviously they're from all over the world these two here are from the united states the one over there is from china There's um, various other aircraft all around here which are from all sorts of countries, India. uh, There's one over there from South Korea. Uh, there's one there from uh, the Czech Republic so it's all very exciting incredible, <laughs> oh. I, mean, I can feel the excitement right now Ian uh, Well,
5: one final question for you Roger yeah. um, you've been doing this for 45 years y- your yes, kids sorry. think you're absolutely barking mad for doing this yeah, they uh, do. what made you get involved in the first place? I
21: think when in, in our generation, I mean I'm early 50s now, when, when you grew up, I grew up in Jersey in the sunshine, it was at Jersey airport you just got interested in aeroplanes and in those days Jersey airport was a lot busier than it is now and um, it was just one of those things that you got into. Nowada- you see nowadays children play on computer games all day long. In those days we made our own entertainments and that was one of them. Very, very I've, true. Always been in- I've always been interested in aircraft. I used to love Concorde. My mother flew in it. And um, it's just one of those hobbies that's grown on me. Okay, and the killer question. Just lastly, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you right now? Oh, probably about 7.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Which will get higher during the day. Roger, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time. There you go. Roger,
0: on a 5 day holiday, all the way from jersey to be here at lucerne and uh, having a great time justin in. fantastic like the, the, the plane spotters get a bit of a hard time because it does seem like a, a, a slightly strange those who aren't into it it seems like a strange hobby but i think it's perfect nice. my little boy who's two and a half loves to go to the airport and watch the airplanes so i uh, have to by default hang out with plane spotters and they're very pleasant people for the most part and it's good to they're having such an exciting time looking at all these superb jets coming in well done thank you justin good work as always
1: the bbc in beds hearts and bucks this is bbc three counties radio
0: Now, uh, it's all very exciting because the Olympics are are, are taking place, about to take place, about to open this evening. We've got a caller uh, in a second who's um, not so keen on the Olympics. But it's been seven years in the planning and today the Olympics officially start in London. Millions of people will be tuning in tonight for the opening ceremony and over the next two weeks to watch the many events. But do you care? I know our next caller doesn't. Will you be watching? Our reporter Jessica Cooper has been speaking to people in Buckinghamshire.
20: I think it's really exciting. Um, I know my son, he's, he's 16 and he's really, really excited about it because he's really into his sports, football, um, I think the running, the long jump. Myself, I think I'm just going to keep flicking the TV on and just looking really to see what's on at the time. Do you think the Olympics as a whole and the way that we're planning to stage them is something for the country to be proud of? Oh, most definitely, yes. Definitely.
21: It's all a big hoo-ha over nothing.
20: What is it about the Olympics then that you're not interested
21: in? I've never been into sports that so much. I'll just My mum watches it and I just think it's a bit of a waste of time. In the middle of a recession, yet we can afford to spend extra billions on the Olympics. We can spend that money doing other things which we need. So you think it's a waste, waste of money, basically? big waste of money.
17: I think it's probably good in terms of a morale boost. Um particularly the way it is at the moment economically in the country and then we're in a bit of a downward trend. But um, I I think it's good for people who enjoy that side of it. I can sort of not be bothered by it but see the benefits of it, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, So I think it's probably, it's mainly positive rather than negative. I think it's a good thing for the country to pull together towards something more positive rather than um, sort of focusing on economic things really.
10: Oh yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, really, really looking forward to it. I'm going to a football game on... Sunday at Coventry so looking forward to that with my son.
20: So you're one of these people who is pro the games you you think they're good for the country?
10: Oh yeah brilliant yeah absolutely brilliant I think everybody once it all happens um, I think everybody will think it's marvellous.
0: Well so some of you for it some of you against it Carol is in St Albans. Good morning Carol. Good morning Ian. Uh, Are you looking forward to the Olympics? With dread. Really?
22: Uh, yes, it's a waste of time, money, and oh. effort. And also, we're going to get the label of rip-off Britain.
0: Why? Why is that, Carol?
22: Because a friend of mine's daughter lives in Ireland. She was quoted 150 pounds to come over to fly over. Yep. This next three weeks, when she went to book a ticket, it had gone up to 300.
0: When did she try and book the ticket?
22: Uh, a couple of weeks
0: ago. Yeah, you see, you've got to get in quick. It's always, but it's always more expensive the closer you are today. I've just booked a trip to Greece, uh, and if I'd have booked it uh, two weeks ago, it would have been about three hundred quid. And as a result of me booking it late, it's four hundred and fifty. So that's that's the nature of of flights. Yeah, but
22: the thing is, it it doesn't alter the fact that everything has tripled. Everything no. has doubled and tripled.
0: Are you not looking forward to seeing the opening ceremony this evening? Not at all. Oh. Not at all. Are you looking forward to the 100 metres final?
22: I wouldn't even give a toss if it was run
0: or not. Oh, look, Carol, I have to watch your language, please. It's very no, early in the morning. I
22: not swear. Well, I just don't.
0: I know, but so, I just have to say, some people might be offended by that word, and I, I'm not personally, but some people are, if they are, I, I apologise sincerely, but you're, you're expressing how passionately uh, bored you are of the Olympics. Will you be, what, what will you be doing instead of watching it, Carol?
22: Reading.
0: Reading? Yeah. What will you be, what, what are you reading at the moment?
22: Um. No, an Alan Titchmarsh book.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> there, there you go, Carol. Well, enjoy your Alan Titchmarsh. Thank and you for Edwin, calling.
22: Yes. I think that girlie, Claire Nomas, I think um, Kelly said her name was, the girlie who did the Olympic, uh, who, did, who did the marathon in a in a, bod, she broke her back.
0: Ah, uh, yes, she, yes, she was uh, and very I inspirational. She
22: should be acknowledged somehow for her sheer courage and bravery and, can I say, guts?
0: You can say guts. Yes, you can say guts. Let me just check the list of words. Yes, you can say guts on the BBC. It was a Category C, uh, Carol, but some people might be slightly offended. Now, you could be f- uh, forgiven for thinking that London's been central to most of the Olympic action this summer, but the three counties have been closely linked to the Olympics from the start. Joining us in the studio now to tell me more is Lloyd Conaway, chairman of Boost, the Bedfordshire Olympic Group. When you hear people like Carol, and there are lots of them, are bored. How does that make you feel, Lloyd? Well, you're not going to persuade everybody. Nope. I remember
18: seven years ago, everybody said, you know, remember the dome, we mucked up Wembley, mm. the transport system will fail. I mean, the doom and gloom, there are plenty of people that are doom and gloom. Mm. I think it's here. I think it's going to be fantastic, and I'm I'm sure the country will get behind it and really enjoy it. See,
0: I don't know why I'm enjoying it, because I'm so against these kind of forced events where we're told to have fun, and that completely turns me off. But I've been sucked into this 100%. I think it's been doing this show, because we're we're talking to people about it, we've spoken to athletes, we've we've seen the torch. And I think that's kind of... I think if you allow yourself to take part and, and, and... become part of it it becomes very um it i suppose it's quite inspirational as well i'm trying i'm getting i'm not trying i'm getting tickets to go and see the paralympics because they're well cheap it's like a tenner to go and see them and you 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 know it's fantastic i'm I'm totally yeah i mean i
18: think if, if politicians or leaders tell us we've got to enjoy it and have a great mm. time, then our natural disposition in Britain is to do the complete opposite. Yes. But if there's this real ground swell, which there has been, and all of a sudden the, the country gets behind it, I think we do embrace it, and I think we will embrace it.
0: Bedfordshire has been linked closely to the Olympic Games.
18: Tell me about that. Yeah, we, we've done a huge amount of, of work over the past few years to try and realise the benefits locally, to try and make it work locally. Mm. And so at the moment, we've got nations from around the world in Bedfordshire pre-games training. Uh, uh, we've run a programme called Sport of Eight, which is about getting young people involved in sport. We, we've worked with volunteers to get people into volunteering and leadership. About three weeks ago, we had a fantastic uh, mini Olympic Games with ele- 1,100 young people from across Bevershire and Luton participating mm. in a multi-sports event. We're working with uh, towns and villages on trying to get sport included in their classic, the classic village fate. Mm. Um, and that's working fantastically well and I think people are embracing it
0: is going to host many of the Paralympic teams as well, have, have, have any of those arrived yet?
18: Yes, Pakistan arrived this week and uh, they're making themselves comfortable at the University of Bedfordshire where they're staying and they're going to be training locally Superb. and hopefully they're going to be involved we've got a, a Cypriot a, a, a silver medalist from Beijing a Cypriot sprinter who's training at uh, Stockwood Park in Luton mm. um, but we've got a whole series of nations Senegal Morocco Tunisia uh, the Ivory Coast all coming to pre-games train their Paralympic teams and we're going to work with them on getting them into local communities and 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 uh, sharing their experiences with local
0: people what olympic events have been organized you mentioned the uh, event with the 1100 ki- kids what other things have been going on in bedfordshire that, that uh, people may have been taking part in
18: well we've run a 14 to 25 year old program all across the county where we've had thousands of young people involved in all different sports uh the, of course, the Love Luton Festival a mm. couple of weeks ago, there was a group of what were called sport makers. They mm. were young volunteers who helped with the event, and that's about encouraging people to get involved in volunteering and leadership so it's not just about running jumping and sweating it's about it's about some of those other things that are important the lifeblood of sport in our nation and in Bevshire and Luton is volunteers it's Mm -hmm. it's people who turn up on a Saturday morning and Tuesday night and transport the kids around and get involved in community sport they're the lifeblood of sport it's great to see Usain Bolt and and these wonderful world-class athletes mm. um but what we tried to do in Bevish and luton is is really bring it down to a real grassroots
0: local level and make it impact upon local people that's really what we tried to do i used to run for, i used to live in berkshire when i grew up i used to run for my county and i was 400 meters and i was good but i was um i was running against um oh, adrian patrick yeah I, so i was running against yeah. adrian patrick and i kind of saw him and thought Nah, there's no point And so I discovered Beer and Girls I thought, when you're running against someone as good as him Then there's no point You're very much interested and involved in creating an Olympic legacy as well, aren't you, in Bedfordshire? How is that manifesting itself?
18: Well, obviously when we won the bid in singapore all those years ago i remember seb co saying this is about legacy this is about young people and the games has never been about legacy in the past it's been about putting a great event on and go, and going away yeah. but legacy is an important part of it so it's very important we get more people involved in sport more people into coaching more people into volunteering we help develop our local clubs we get people more physically active uh, so all those sorts of legacy issues are incredibly important. By the way, I've got a gift for you. Oh, here. hello, yes. I've got a London 2012 pin badge for you. Oh, fantastic. Because I know you're getting really infused
0: by the game. Yeah, yeah. So
18: you've got to wear that with pride. I'm not going to give it to you unless you wear it with pride. I'm going to wear it with pride. Well done.
0: Very proudly done. Thank you very much. Look at that. I've got a freebie. Excellent stuff, You'll Lloyd. have to declare that. Uh, yeah, I know exactly. The Daily Mail will be on my back. Lloyd Conaway, Chairman of Boost, the Bedfordshire <laughs> Olympic Group. Thank you so much for coming in. Good luck uh, with all of that. Very exciting. Uh, It's time now to get the latest travel news. No, it's not. I have to (laughs) apologise. What on earth was I thinking? Should we try and get the travel news now? I think we'll do that now, shall we? Yes. Beds,
1: Hearts and Bucks
0: News. BBC Three Counties Radio. These are the headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. After seven years of preparations, the stage is set in London for the opening of the 2012 Olympics. At 12 minutes past eight this morning, bells all across the country were rung for three minutes as part of the Cultural Olympiad. Train services on the Thameslink line are back to normal this morning after yesterday's major "'disruption caused by cable theft.' 500 metres of cable were taken from the track north of Flitwick, leading to calls for changes to the law surrounding scrap metal. In sport, Great Britain's men drew one-all with Senegal at Old Trafford in their opening match in the Olympic football. And your weather for beds, hearts and bucks, some sunny spells, but more cloud than of late with the chance of a few showers for a time, perhaps with an odd heavier one across Hertfordshire this afternoon. Top temperature is 24 degrees Celsius. And coming up, the Olympics isn't just for humans, you know. It's all I'm i to say, you can hear what I'm banging on about, although I may have given you a sneaky little clue, but you'll hear it in the next ten minutes. Now, earlier on, lots of you joined in uh, and rang your bell with us. It was nonsense, it was ridiculous, and it was also wonderful uh, at the same time. Catherine is in Hemel. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning. Did you ring your bell?
22: I certainly did. I've got a little handbell,
0: yeah. Is it there with you now? It is. Could you give me a tinkle? Fantastic! And were you on your own ringing the bell? What was well, what was describe the scene?
22: Um, Well, I, I mean, I enjoyed listening to it on Three Counties Radio, but it was just eerily quiet round here. Oh, I was no. really looking forward to church bells. I love church bells and I think I just woke all the neighbours up because nobody else <laughs> <laughs> nobody else said the bell I was the only one in Hemel well the only one in Apsley I don't know about other areas
0: but I do I do love a church bell uh, religious or not I think the church yeah. bell sound is wonderful when we got married in the church mm. uh, we um, we paid it was, it, was, it was a fair bit to get the, the yeah. ringers to come out but we did it because what a great thing coming out of a church yeah. and then the bells go off it yeah, was oh, wonderful yeah. so, but there was no one else ringing bells in Hemel Catherine
22: well not in Apsley not in where oh. I live I, I just didn't hear anything not even well
0: nothing just me oh i'm sorry to hear that but you were you were part of us you, you, yes. we we felt your presence catherine oh, thank you. and we enjoyed it <laughs> thank you so much uh, for that catherine ringing a bell on her own oh bless her it's fun that um now just when you thought the olympics was all for us humans think again grouse a rescue dog from the blue cross rehoming center in hertfordshire has been picked to be a lead security dog at the olympic park the Springer Spaniel is something we all want, and access all areas pass to the opening ceremony later this evening. We sent our reporter, Sophie Soleria, down to the Animal Centre in Kimpton to meet Linda Campbell, the person who first discovered Grouse's talents.
17: Linda, this is the madhouse. But this is indeed. This is where all the, the dogs, the unwanted, and the strays come in to the Blue Cross, and this is where we hope to change their lives around.
20: Shall we take one outside? Yes, if you like. So we've come to the beautiful warm weather to the runaround
17: area for the dogs Who's this? This is Marley. Woo! He's big isn't he? He's a Labradoodle Oh wow, yeah, hello Marley How many dogs do you have here at the Blue Cross? Um, we can take over 30 dogs here We try to keep the numbers down um, so we can give them all the love and attention that they need And very recently you rescued a very special dog didn't you? Oh, we did indeed. It was a, a Springer Spaniel called Grouse. He was about 14 months old really really busy always sh- shaking his bottom, wagging his tail because he only had a little stump and oh. yeah and it was great fun but we thought you know hang on a minute this dog is really intense and love you know you throw a ball and he's like again do it again do it again do it again how did he come to you he was right. stray, yeah so just pitched up you know no known history you know i would imagine that somebody would have had him in the house and just thought whoa this is too much because he wouldn't settle but for us we saw potential and thought this dog is really intelligent really loves a ball and he'll really use his nose so we contacted the forces and said would you like to see
20: if he could work for you. What kind of uh, intelligence should a dog show for you to get in contact with the police what do you look for? What do we look for? Right basically they've got to be onto
17: a toy so you throw the toy they bring it back there's another thing that we do is that where you hide the toy and a lot of Labradors what they would do will be just bust through where you've hidden it like if there was a table or something in the way they bust through and get it and you, that's not what we're looking for we're looking for a dog that will stop and think and use his nose and go. That's where it is. And you think brilliant. You need them to be confident. You need them to be friendly because they're going out there in the public. And you also need them to stop and think because if you're sniffing out a splo- an explosive and you go bondering along and go there it is kaboom, you will no be no more grouse. So you've got to sort of stop and think. Are you always looking for dogs that can help the police? We're not. Actively looking, but when they come in, we do a seven-day assessment. So we tick these boxes and then we ring them up and they come and they have a look. And then after the police met Grouse, what happened then? They took him away and they said, right, we're going to put him in on intense training course. So it's for him, it's like a playground. He's playing ball every day, all day. But what they're doing is actually training him to, to sniff out suspicious s- substances. So yeah, for him, he went away. Two months later, we get the call and said, good news, he's passed and we're off to the Olympics. And Olympics? Like, Woohoo! Blue Cross Dog saves us all I can't believe that Grouse is actually there at the Olympic Park as we (laughs) speak Oh no! he'll be enjoying the hot weather probably we have to ask him not to go near the tennis courts maybe because he might start chasing the balls but yeah be distracted have you heard about his progress there they just um, it's only early days isn't it so he's just patrolling and Simon who's his hander is saying he's just really happy with him and you know they're great pals and they're having fun I just hope they're uh, sticking to the rules and uh, getting on with the job eh? and not uh, out there eating ice cream all day
0: <laughs> oh, ice cream. <laughs> Fancy an ice cream now that she said that. I'm so easily triggered. Uh, Dina is in Royston on the phone. Good morning, Dina. Oh, hi. Good morning. Uh, what's your take on all of this Olympics?
23: Oh, God, I think we we are so lucky to be hosting it, and I think it's a privilege. It's not like, and some people are so cynical and so negative, and I think, you know, if our country is doing something beautiful, it is our duty to just support and make it make it fantastic, you know, to enhance everything, you know. Whatever little we can do, we should do it. Why can't people be positive and be part of something that's so fantastic and so unique and is going...
0: But it's costing £9 billion, Dina. And that money could be spent better, couldn't it? Hospitals, schools a prison well,
23: I, th- I think already that they are spending so much money on um, um, uh, giving benefits to all the foreigners who are. I know I am Sorry. a foreigner but I think I have, always, I have worked every single time I've never been on benefits yeah. and all the foreigners who are coming from all over the country who don't deserve to be here they are getting all these benefits so that money is wasted and nobody is talking about it I think I should be talking about that well I think so people are talking
0: about the, the people that come and claim um, the benefits illegally uh you know, th- th- we talk about that quite a lot. Um, yeah, but
23: I think that money is wasted. The Olympic money is not wasted because this is, c- this is creating a rich history which generations and generations of people are going to read and talk about it. And it's, it's like something fantastic. Even if they spend more money than what they're sending, I think it's justified in my opinion. But
0: what will we get back for, from it, Dina? Apart from a couple of weeks of telly and some people running and jumping, what would we get back for this nine, ten mil- uh, billion pounds that we're spending?
23: I think it's, it's the memories, like I said, and also some venues are going to be there for, uh, for future generations to use. And I think when when there are Olympics in other countries, they will be able to relate it, relate to it, and it's going to create lots of like uh, positive thoughts in positive people. So right? it's something. Much better than, like, create, making a movie or um, doing something which I think will cost a lot of money. I think this is just so fantastic, and I feel I am so lucky to be living here and being part of it, you know?
0: Who do you think should like the uh, Olympic flame this evening?
23: Oh, I think, for me, I think I love I love Cliff Richard, Cliff Richard and Beckham. They are my favourite two people in the world. So either it should be Cliff or Beckham. Richard to like the Olympic flame, yes, yes, because I think he is like a hero, he would do anything for the country. he is such a devoted person, oh, he, he would. doesn't have to be sporty, he plays tennis and things like that, but I feel in my opinion, if I had to choose anybody. Because those those these two people, I just love them so much. And uh, I feel that one day I, I get chance to at least see them in person, you know?
0: Well, Cliff Richard, you're right, is is the, uh, a great British gentleman. And you're, you've gone off on a tangent, Nadina, but I think you're right too, that we are thinking of, of sports people. And perhaps we just want someone who represents everything good about Great Britain. And Cliff Richard does that, doesn't he?
23: Exactly, like right? and like I said, you know, when they are having Wimbledon or something, if it's raining. Yep. He does his input, he sings and creates nice atmosphere. So he doesn't have to be playing, but we can be part of something to create some nice atmosphere, how about which he does. Dina, you
0: know, how about yeah. jo- how about Johnny Rotten? Johnny who? Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols.
23: Oh, yes, Uh, for me, I think all these young ones, I think I can't relate to them.
0: I like the (laughs) the oldies. Dina, listen, thank you very much. Enjoy the Olympics. Enjoy the opening ceremony this evening. Someone has um, sent me a text and I've I've misplaced it, but apparently I do have a corn. You can get a corn plaster. What on earth does that do? I'm like an old man. I've still got a three at the start of my age, but I'm, I'm falling apart like an old man um judy has texted in and thank you by the way for all of your texts and your, your emails I'm, I'm here um next week my last week uh and you've been very nice and, and and welcoming which is good judy says i'm looking forward to the olympics but judging by all the negativity from many people i think there could be another category included moaning I reckon the Brits would be runaway gold, silver, and bronze winners and would break all records. But, but Judy, that's one of the things that makes us such a, a great nation. We are fantastic at moaning, aren't we? And when we've got all these people coming from all over the world, one thing that we're going to be moaning about is that we are the only country that queues. Nowhere else in the world queues. And you can bet, uh, at Luton, uh, at the airport in London, there are going to be lots of Brits moaning about the fact that all these people coming over here, pushing into our queues don't know how our queue system works that's where it's going to be kicking off with the queues I, you know, we do moan, and I think we're quite good at moaning though, and I, th- I, I kind of su- support that and salute that so that's it, Cliff Richard is the, um, the freak suggestion not saying he's a freak, I'm saying he's, it was a suggestion left of centre uh, for lighting the Olympic torch this evening be good, wouldn't it? If it was, if it was Cliff, I don't know. I, my money is on Steve Redgrave. I think, um, and he is, you, you know, a, an Olympic hero in the traditional sense of the word, and he's he's won, I think it was seventy-two gold medals uh, throughout the years Olympics. I may be exaggerating slightly there. I'm not completely sure, but he would be the obvious, if perhaps slightly dull choice, and I mean dull, in as much as um, he's uh, he's just kind of very straight and very sensible, whereas David Beckham's got a slight. Sort of naughty age to him, hasn't he? He's a little bit naughty. I I would love to see David Beckham just kicking a flaming football. Maybe one of the things we could do is we could just get some hoodies and get they could fill a milk bottle up with petrol and lob it. As a salute to the riots, maybe. I don't know. Just... uh, Just an idea to put out there. Uh, Well, listen, that's it. It's time now for this. Have a good weekend. And uh, I'm certainly looking forward to the Olympics opening this evening. I'm going to sit and watch most of it. Sky plus it. Fast forward through the boring bits. Let the boy have a little look at that. Uh, That's it. I'm off for the weekend. Back on Monday for my last week at six o'clock. Stick around, though, because coming up next, it's Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Beds, hearts, and bucks
21: talking.
1: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.